and welcome to episode 436 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, and joining me as always is the creator of the comic series Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And a man who puts the bumble in Bumblebee, it's Tony Esmond. Is that a Transformer? can be whatever you want it to be but yes it is a transformer okay i don't know why but when i write bumblebee i immediately think of the transformer yeah me too it's sad isn't it yeah. we don't think or of cool. the lovely beautiful animal yeah or maybe well no 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 um this week we, we have probably a tell a girl with... if we met her for the first time would we whenever yeah. i hear the word bumblebee, well, bumble i think of the, i think of the transformer <laughs> what about you where have you gone don't do that yeah. um <laughs> but someone who isn't going who's going to be staying with us for the whole show is a, is a guest this week. We're joined by a friend of the show and a creator behind titles such as Petricor, Explosive Sweet, Freezer Razors, Found Forest Floor, and Ghosts in Things. And there's many more to come. There's a few more. Yeah. Mm. Well, a very productive man is Gareth Hopkins. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hello, everybody. It's Hi. a pleasure to be back. GR yes. Think. Here he is. GR Think, indeed. <laughs> um, I, th- I think... Uh, You've been on the show a few times. You might be one of our more frequent guests over there. Uh, I think this is my fourth go. Oh, yes. no, no, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Time for more yet. Yeah. The last I, one was on was we to did... talk about covers. I've that's right. real yes. bad about how much I ragged on whoever did that awful X-Force cover. But, um... <laughs> I don't think I listen. I'm sure it's entirely justified. Yeah, yeah and it's but, a hard one oh, to pick out, isn't it? There's been a yeah. few. Yeah. It feels like you've been on the show more because obviously you're act- your always active in the slack and on the drink and draws and we see your mm. lovely face quite a lot which is in your dreams nice. yeah <laughs> well he's he's not wrong listeners he's not long so um I'm not long did you say? not long yeah yeah it's been a long weekend long oh and i saw going. fireworks this weekend did anyone else oh, see the fireworks yeah. no they're going off at the moment if it annoys you to yeah be fair. yeah if, if yeah. you hear like anything any fizz pops and bangs in the it's background dan. it's dan <laughs> <laughs> Had a bit of a spicy food lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. But welcome to the show, everyone. And uh, another hour and a half or so of comics talk to get you going into the week or perhaps enjoying your week or whenever you hear this. And uh, looking at the numbers, it's been pretty steady. We had had good numbers last week for our Halloween special. We We hope a lot of you out there enjoyed our little jaunt into horror over the past month or so. But now that Halloween, unfortunately, is over. Horror is over. Horror. Well, the horror is never over. Life is an endless horror, Dan, as you will. Should I make my joke again? Go on. Okay. Uh, I was on a podcast earlier and made a joke about uh, horror in my marriage. So the elements there, you put the rest of it together. <laughs> what was, was that? Hang on. Said... <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't make your joke. You just gave us the ingredients for the joke yeah, and said, make it yourself. On. I've got faith in our audience that they can work out <laughs> yeah. where that joke is. The good thing it was a very it was a very ACP joke in a yeah. slightly more serious podcast thing, wasn't it? Yeah, That's and I was so giggling. In fact, I texted you as soon as you said it, hmm. and uh, it didn't get much of a chuckle. Although I can see that Kieran and Damien probably found it amusing. Hmm. I'm not sure if the host did. Yeah. That doesn't matter to us, does it? No. no. More about that in the shoutouts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're here to have fun, but also talk about making comics. And Gareth, you've got some very interesting new projects. I spent all afternoon reading your comics, oh. Gareth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, mine and others. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to find out more about that 
very soon, as well as like lots of shout-outs and recommendations, as always. Tony, you've been out and about, though, haven't you? Didn't you go to a Doctor Who? Was that a Doctor Who thing you went to? Yeah, I went to... Yeah, went out Friday met uh, with Falpi and we met Mike Sadarkut from That Comic Smell and he talked about his eagles and that, so that was fun. And then... Um, <laughs> Not the comic, we, we just wanted to say No, that. he just, loves just eagles. eagles. Loves them. Yeah, don't like peas. Not the band no. either, just eagles. No. Although we did have a discussion about Lion Eyes. And then um, on yesterday I went to a Doctor <laughs> Who event at the BFI, which we thought was going to be a secret event. You know, it was saying, oh, just to talk about the TARDIS, there's no list of anyone attending. And we thought, oh, this is definitely, this is a secret thing. And it wasn't. It was just talk about the TARDIS. And then Literally four of us went in the bar TARDIS. and got like everyone got like hammered, like prop. I've been with people with that Story. hammered for a long time. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it was good. And you were just having like shandies and sold a DUI whilst it. So oh, it was nice. Right. There nice. you go. Yeah. Nice. Speak, speak more about that in the uh, shouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you just playing the same clip? Are you saying yeah. that? Dan? <laughs> yeah. That was exactly yeah. the same as what you said. He's on the phone. Yeah. He's just got a button he presses. He's well, like... I was hoping to put together like a soundboard, and then I, every week I just press the button of what I want to say, and have like about five <laughs> or six phrases. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one more step towards AI. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. God. One. Oh, God. Don't send What's that one out. about in the eyes of God? That one you like saying a lot. One oh, more step oh, in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I've forgotten the meme. He always sends yeah, he it. Sends it. There's like, someone's oh, got a puppet uh, on their head or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that weird, like, duck. That is, yeah. That's oh, a weird man, meme. You send it on time. It. I mean, look, look, there's so many in jokes already within the first five minutes that whatever good faith and listeners we've got in the last show, they're just gone now. Yeah. So, um, but we've got fact- to talk to Gareth about his sweatshop. <laughs> and, and yeah, sweaty shop. Yeah, and, and, obviously, <laughs> and obviously, um, it is that time of year where Thought Bubble is just around the corner as well. That, and probably, are there any other conventions after Thought Bubble? Like, obviously, we're no, November. We just had MCM, different. haven't we? So, Thought Bubble's yeah. the next one. I don't think there's yeah. much because there's, there's uh, no BAM this year. Is there? There's Leighton Stone. Oh, of course, there is. The birds is. are Leighton Stone. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, are, you, so, are you doing that, Gareth? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I think Falpy's doing it. Yeah, and uh, because he did the poster, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if there is any shows, please let us know about it because we'll we'll give him a shout out on the show. But of of course, it's now that time of the year where you know autumn is fully here. Christmas is just around the corner, and we'll probably get festive. Tony's already looking forward to Christmas, cracking his nuts over a over a fire. <laughs> Um, and reading lots of comics. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good thing about Christmas. I can like have a little, always have a little reading project. Yeah, I'm going to read. Oh God, Christmas. your reading projects, Tony. We're going. What's the uh, comic tally up to now, T? No, I did a year, man. So I, 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 I took the number for a year. So it was up to the 15th of October from the 15th of October um, last year, and it was 4,523, um, which is about between 12 and 13 a day. Would have cost about if I bought them at the lowest American comic cover price, each of them, it would have cost me sixteen and a half grand. That's like a I deposit didn't. for a house. Yeah. Yeah, but I was reading them on the app and stuff, a lot of them and okay. old comics yeah. and you know, that sort of things about yeah. yeah. May, large. Yeah. What what is yeah. um just off the top of your head, and you don't have to pick anything out, because um, mm-hmm. I think that's a longer discussion. The percentage of them being enjoyable comics. What is that? I mean, I mean yeah. to say there's lower, a percent- th- lower than I liked. Okay. Right. Um, because I got into the groove of reading all new releases. Mm. So I read all new Marvel and DC releases. Okay. 
it's probably so are you saying because i was grading them what one once 10 are you saying over are you saying five or over or over five or uh f- for me yeah six and above what, what do we think gents what do we think is like six and above that's fair yeah. If, well, it's enjoyment, yeah. isn't it? So if you yeah. enjoy, what, what do you think, Gareth? What? Because what? I always think that five's too low. Do you know what I mean to say? Yeah, five's like, it. mm, it's okay. Well, you know, like that in it. Yeah. There's difference because I read a lot of rubbish comics, but I enjoy them. So, yeah, exactly. that's why I did yeah, it, man. Yeah. I, I purposely yeah. did it, not grading on how good they are. You yeah. know, sort of. Yeah. You can, you can, you can say a comic is good without actually really yeah. enjoying it, yeah. can't you? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and totally, Gareth. I mean, I totally agree that there's some comics that I like reading. A lot of people aren't going to get any enjoyment from them, but I. I really yeah. enjoy them. You like reading it, yeah, yeah. That's uh, uh, what, what you're going to say, guys. So you read a lot of a lot of comics that you enjoy them, but uh, yeah, like, um, like um, most mostly I read like '90s uh, like X Men comics, and, 90s, yeah. uh, and um, can be a bit patchy, can't it? It can be a bit patchy, yeah. But yeah. every now and again, you'll just hit a little run of them, which are just like really fun. Yeah. I haven't spent too much time worrying about the like the the placement of that story in the bigger universe and whatever. Yeah. And it's just like a nice story you can get through. So yeah, yeah, so that's the sort of stuff. But then I enjoy I always like enjoy reading sort of like this is gonna sound really poncy, but like the meta comics. So when you can see how it was made a bit okay. Um, okay. The decisions that the creators made as they were going and where like editors might have had to get involved and that that sort of stuff. Like, I always enjoy mm. that. Yeah, a little bit of the backstory sometimes can be good, can't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah I think so. Um so for me, I mean, I, I did like within that I did projects. So I read every Green Arrow comic from the from the Bronze Age onwards. I did stuff like that, you know. Um, so there is a heavy. So they're comics I've already read and I love. So there is a bit of that going on in it. Yeah, I'm going to say comics that were let's say six out of ten and above. Sixty percent. Okay, I, I read a lot. Of a lot of cack. Um, <laughs> no, you know, no two ways about it's just, it. So it's I had to wear a cack. Sorry, yeah. we, I, we I say there's got... a lot of roast, roast tinted glasses going on with some of the stuff in the past. Um, no, in fact, the past stuff tended to be because it's mostly Bronze Age stuff. There's, I, you know, there was the odd '90s thing that I read, like you know, X book mm. or Spider Man book or something, you know. Like... But no, I think it was more the recent stuff. I was, I was just going. Really, you know, especially a lot of the Marvel yeah. and DC new stuff was getting threes and fours out of ten, right. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were track though. Yeah, well, it I, to, I read yeah. some of the more recent New Mutants, like not a full run or anything, just bits and pieces. And I'd say yeah. I like I liked forty percent of it, maybe. Like some of it I really yeah. enjoyed since Krakoa, those ones. Yeah, those ones. Yeah, yeah. I get you, man. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was a really weird choice. Them. Some of that, yeah. Yeah, and when you compare it to like an older comic, where they just like I know everyone complains about um, decompression in comics, but just like why this isn't a month's worth of story? Yeah, yeah, it's also not three pound sixty five's worth comic, you know. Yeah, some of those older comics, this like breakneck speed, like oh my god, it's moving so quickly. But a lot of the more modern stuff, sometimes you're reading it and like the whole scene is set them in a diner or something, and it's like fucking hell. Uh, It's not. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do that in a comic, but yeah, I think some people can do it, and I don't. Th- for me, decompression is a thing. I think you're right, Gareth, as well. But I think well, I, it's I more. Mean, I make decompressed comics. I can't complain about yes. them. Yeah, I get it. Right yeah. yeah. So, but, but I think you can make a de- decompressed comic if it has lots of ideas in it. Mm. And I think the thing is with a lot of comics these days is 
the ideas that you'd get in one comic, you get in six comics now. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're looking, they're writing. That's they're so ingrained into that writing for the trade thing, which is stopped being a thing recently anyway. But they, it seems to be ongoing. Where all of the ideas that would have been just in one Sal Buscema, J.M. Demetrius, whoever yeah. comic, yeah. now in six issues. So no. One thing that gets me is like the, the narrative pacing. Certainly, I think in writing, sometimes catches me. Um, like if we look at that, some of those sort of those vintage comics, those older comics, and you look at them and like you think bloody hell there's a lot of speech bubbles going on here you know there's a lot of talking mm. going you know but like saying they're, they're trying to do um a lot within one issue sometimes yeah you yeah. know they're doing it they're, they're getting a lot in there so now i'll pick up a comic and sometimes there's the same amount of thought of speech bubbles going on there but the pacing's slower so yeah. a lot of the time i'm reading it thinking oh god where's this going yeah you know they, they, mm. there's there's more talk but less I think it's, it's an editorial it. thing, man. I think the editorials aren't strong enough. I read a King Kong comic recently, and King Kong doesn't appear in the first issue till the final page. And I'm like, yeah. But somebody that, that, at yeah. the editorial must have said, what the fuck are we doing? People are paying for a King Kong comic. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, I know. That yeah. gets me. It's, it's the curse of like the modern issue, uh, issue ones as well. Like yeah. if you've got an issue one with uh, like a character, even if that character is the is the monster, like the, the King Kong of the of the book, people that have bought that book, that issue one, have bought it for King Kong. So like you say, they, yeah. they've got they've got to see the monkey. There you go. There's the quote of the episode. Got to see the monkey. Yeah, yeah. Got well, that's copy. That could be the got to see the monkey with Gareth Hopkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall last Christmas we read the Kitty Pride X Men one, where it's basically the alien pastiche. And that yeah. was in a single issue. Yeah, and that fucking moves because. It starts off with all the X Men in the mansion going away, only Kitty, monster turning up, the shenanigans and the fighting, and then the resolution at the end, and that's all done in a single issue. Yeah, we should do that again this Christmas. Find a Christmas yeah. comic, do that again, yeah. like an old yeah. old school Christmas, like Superman versus Santa Claus or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. 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 One thing I put to you too is like mm. when people get like say, right, I'm gonna you're gonna be writing, say for in this instance, Green Arrow, and you went back said, right, I'm gonna read all the Green Arrow, and then I'm gonna start on my new six issue miniseries whatever Would yeah. you, did you find the kind of the voice quite schizophrenic for the character presumably it must be yeah very much so but more recently than that i'd even put it down to the last three or four years characters right, are okay. just not the same anymore i think I, I mentioned it in the krakoa conversation we were having on the slack is yeah. that it's such a massive cast now people are just there to do something yeah they're not yeah. there as personalities anymore I, and there's a couple of characters like storm for example storm has just turned into this massive bitch you know storm was yeah. like one of my favorite characters before she's yeah. just this like stuck up bitch now and you're like calm down oh, I, 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 there's, there's a thing sometimes that i notice is um is is author ownership uh and creative teams ownership over a character and this is i mean i i have no real sticking point to this but i think it's just fascinating that there's the character and then there's the creator isn't it now obviously in the past we speak about yeah. cer certain runs where creators have taken this character and they've molded them in a certain way and they've told the story that that is like that's how we see the superman or that's how we see the defines the, the, them yeah. that yeah. Uh, defines them but sometimes you you get what gets me is like when they're given a character and usually it's like a heritage character someone that's got some some weight yep and they go, well, this is my this is my version of it, and I I just think yeah. mm, um, you can write your take on it, but the character still has to be the character. That sounds like a grumpy old yeah, man. Yeah, I agree, man, completely. And I heard yeah. someone I'm just racking my head, brain's trying to think who it was. It might have been something like Marv Wolfman or something recently saying 
you write the character. You don't write yourself as the character. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's Sometimes even the points. characters begin to look like the people who are writing them. It's yeah. happened recently in She-Hulk. You know, what are you doing? If you've got like yeah. a, a strong cast of characters, like you've got the X-Men to have a core team, it's like it kind of comics almost writes itself because the personalities are so strong in that that if you put them into a situation, if you kind of know the characters, they're kind of interacting in a way already. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm all for growth of a character, you know. Yeah. I'm all yeah. for them to sort of grow and get older, and I don't mind all that, to be fair. But you want to I think add to it, not yeah. kind of... And sometimes we've we've all experienced, like, following a book and liking characters and stuff, and a new creative team come on, and they just don't like some characters, so they'll either kill them off, or they'll just they, these characters will just disappear. Like, sideline them. Just so, absolutely sideline them. I think that's happened to all of us. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, happens to me most of the time. I think person? one of the problems is you've got to be prepared to write characters you like doing bad things. So yeah. there's, I think we're a bit a bit obsessed with in comics of characters being perfect now. No, yeah. When you know all these characters, we love them. We love Wolverine and you know Storm and you know Spider Man and even but, Batman and Superman because they're fallible in some but way. But there's also there's there's another side to that where. Uh, some people jump onto a character to criticise the character. Yeah, you know I mean? well, that's happened recently. We're waiting uh, for that to see what's going to happen in that one in the next th- few weeks. There's, there's yeah. been a lot happened. Like, take Batman, for instance. I'm sure over the years there's been a lot talking about the negativity of Batman. Because, as we all know, with his money, he could solve all he of could Gotham. He could easily solve yeah, crime, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I tell you what, why don't we just get Punisher to just to take on big industry rather than pimps and drug yeah. dealers, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, the Good jury's out. out now. I shouldn't yeah. be horrible about yeah. that. Fucking mine's blow- blowing it. Well, we, we're, <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be uh, circling back to this next episode because uh, is it next week? Is it? I think it's next oh, drops right. on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. But what, oh, right. Gareth? I know. Obviously, you've got certain characters that you know have a certain fondness oh, in your certain yeah. fondness in your heart, and you've experienced. You must have experienced the highs and lows. I mean, we're not asking yeah. for you to drops name fire on it yeah name and yeah. shame but, but alpha, alpha flight was a cat was a set of characters who did change a little bit didn't they when it sort of new new did they change a bit as the wrong way oh yeah, yeah yeah as new writers came on who didn't understand like i, I suppose my main one was um uh mr jeffries so when yeah. um, john Byrne introduced him he was just like the salt of the earth if he wasn't doing suit like he didn't want to be a superhero he'd rather be out digging ditches and just like not getting involved and then over the years, he's just morphed into this weird, like robot perv. Um, <laughs> and, and whenever, so whenever I read that version of the character, it sort of like gets my hackles up a little bit. And so, yeah. part of me is just like, oh, just you should let like creators do what they want and get on with it. And then I'll read something from like a new a new take or even a continuation of a set of characters who I like, and the writer hasn't hasn't got it or they've they've approached it in the wrong way and it's just it just like really annoys me and I can't help it so even though like my like um like front brain is saying no this is just it's just someone has written it in a way that you don't agree with my hind brain is just like no this is totally wrong this is a travesty so you need to complain to this to the, and unfortunately yeah. she's the person well, who has opinions so the thing is we we've been you know we've been reading comics for me you know 50 years these it's yeah. like someone writing your friend yeah you know yeah, someone yeah. is writing yeah, yeah, yeah. dan and they get it completely wrong i would feel like well you're getting that fucking wrong but because i've been reading you know i don't know spider-man comics for 50 years i feel like 
and I know, I know what he's like. You're getting him wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Actually, but, I don't think that's toxic fandom. I just think that's no. people saying, no, well, that's not really what he's like, is it? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like that. Yeah. You know. I think that they, 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 people can go very overboard with that. You know. Oh yeah, there's extremes yeah, yeah, with everything. Yeah, yeah, In fact, yeah. both sides of that there's extremes. And I, 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 th- I think when when you're any sort of a hobbyist or collector or some sort of medium like, like comics there's the tribal mentality like you have in sports do you know what I mean if you followed a certain team and all of a sudden they change you like oh god what are they doing you know that kind of thing yeah. there's not much of a difference between we're, we're just but the follow- pushback often is as bad as the complaints sometimes these yeah, days. Yeah. So it becomes a squabble not about the comic anymore about you know polarizing oh, no, it's, fucking the, the, groups. The, it's about the squabble the yeah. squabble is yeah, yeah. like <laughs> what the issue is it's not so much oh here's another thing we can squabble about I mean, it's the, uh, the fights the important yeah, bit I mean yeah. I can't I don't really have too much like skin in the game or I can't say anything when a real authority because I haven't really read any sort of certainly mainstream um, I say mainstream you know what I mean uh, Marvel or DC comics for the yeah. past few years you know, just, you know dip yeah. in and out I'll check out an issue one just see what it's like and you know hopefully I enjoy it that's the, that's the most I ask for um, but the thing that fascinates me is um, everyone's got think can think of classic runs you know these omnibuses that constantly make money for these big companies over and over because they're the classic storylines the classic arcs um it does annoy me when people when modern marketing considers something legendary when it hasn't had time to settle <laughs> you know when they go yeah. oh this this epic running thing and that was six months ago you can't talk about it being like the be all yeah, and all. it's all yeah. pr now man yeah yeah, yeah. But, but then sometimes they'll say this legendary run and you go that's not legendary it's brand new and yeah it's 15 years old you're like oh yeah. no yeah i know yeah and then you feel it yeah well, well there's a bit of rewriting isn't there so I, I heard someone going on about the legendary secret wars 2 run and i'm like what yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah when yeah. was you know he, he's just an overall question for the class and uh play along at home of course um for you when what was the last sort of major arc or storyline or like you know something that oh fuck that's a really hard I know that's, that's a big question I don't read a, I don't read a lot of modern comics but I really enjoyed Immortal Hulk I, I, yeah, that's, that's the Hulk one thing I've read end to end yeah I think I think for all the haters of what, what followed it I think House of X Powers of 10 was a good mm. a right. good 12 issue run um I'm, it's, the there's so, so the, much the, I'm the enjoying sort of stuff that has know. legs that in 15 20 years they won't just be a trade well, no, amongst, these days, amongst all of the trades. Yeah. Oh, was he? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, you're saying like, what's an evergreen? Basically, yeah. what's yeah, an evergreen yeah. for the shelf? Yeah. That's I mean, a different thing for what go- I consider to be. Are, a great we, story. are we saying yeah. gone, gone are the days of the Dark Phoenix saga? Do you know what I mean? The, the story that will be constantly printing money for Marvel. Yeah, it's a weird Evermore. one, isn't it? I don't think. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Really? Man, I couldn't um, call it where it's going at the moment. I, we, I, I mean, say, I hope. Um, I hope there's some. I, I want more stories that just go blow my socks off and get me series got recommended to me you know the, the vision one where he kind of he's living in the, the suburbia yeah. Yeah. his family i really enjoyed that it's, yeah it's, that, it's, yeah it was a great book. title it was a great book um um and i think it, that's going to jump on some top 10 lists of like what are some strange side characters what are, that had brilliant arcs do you know what i mean yeah. But, yeah. Um, i think they've watered that down a bit though because they've yeah. kind of the characters sort of dipped in and out of other young avengers and you know what i mean it's a oh, bit yeah, that it's, gone kind of, on. Yeah. it's a waste the same though isn't it because they get yeah, a really good is. character idea and it just gets diluted to the rinse point it where, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old man logan's fucking yeah. turning up in every yeah. single comic and well, i think okay. yeah. 
I think to say what's an evergreen at the moment and what will be popular in 15 years, you've got to look to indie comics and I think you've got to look to fan graphics. I think Monica, Monica will be still a massive bookshelf, yeah. bookshop comic in 10, 15 years. I guarantee it. Yeah. But I think yeah, something like Saga would as well, then, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Saga's yeah. yeah. so still going now. I think Fables probably will still but, be on the shelf. But, but, that depends but on, on the, the other the side of that. Copyright thing, but but yeah. on the other side of that, Tony, like Monica, for instance, the there are people who just read like the main two companies they're never going to touch that yeah oh no i agree i just think it is an it's definitely an evergreen i think yeah those sort of standalone graphic novel whatever you want to call them are yeah the more that have the more the legs to be standalones now yeah Yeah. you'll find them now stuff in a few years time Mm. yeah marvel and dc aren't red enough they're too throwaway um they're not red enough to be um evergreens at the moment i feel Mm. yeah but they, I mean, I, got... I, I want to define the word throwaway though, because um, just for our listeners, so no one picks up on this. Uh, picks <laughs> up on this because obviously we have talked about comics. You know, back in the day, part of the joy of them, the disposable medium, read them, roll them up, put them in your back yeah. pocket, sort of thing. Yeah. But, but we're not saying the the stories. We no, I'm not saying away. that. I'm I'm yeah. saying I'm saying they're they're throwaway stories and throwaway characters now because they'll be re- rebooted in ten issues yeah. every time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It means um, nothing, and everyone be, has begun to get uh, savvy to that. They know uh, yeah. this current status quo of Captain America, this current yeah. status quo of Spider-Man means fuck all. I, mean, yeah, I think uh, I think people are clued into like my favorite creator is going to be writing this title for a while. I think people follow creators a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe totally. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know how that speculator market is going with issue one when it's like, oh, we've got this new issue one out, and then it's like. You know, in a little while they're going to be doing another one, and it's like, yeah. how have these got any worth? How is anyone buying into this and thinking? I think that burned out a bit with the TV series, didn't it? Because as like, I don't know, when Loki came out and people started buying up first issues of characters who were yeah. whoever, and yeah. I think that's burnt out now because there's no yeah. actual yeah. value in characters no. because they've been on TV anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's not. Is there? Yeah, we were all looking at the whole oh, Moon Knight issue one and all that sort of thing, weren't we? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Same with them. Um, I remember when uh, Red Goblin, the first appearance of Red Goblin, is massive, like collector spike around that, and people rushing to, yeah. to get that. And I don't think that's we've like, had the Spider Boy thing last couple yeah. of months. That's yeah. been a bit of a thing. The thing is, I don't believe the press anymore. I don't know whether it is a thing really or not. Yeah. I don't know. I've not seen any evidence of it in my comic shop. But that's you know, yeah. who do you believe? Do you believe Bleeding Cool when they say it? Yeah, we tend not to. No, agree, no. No, don't. Yeah. <laughs> never if Bleeding Cool said it, the sky's blue outside, I'd have to check. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly isn't. It's winter, yeah. isn't it? I've got a question. Like, uh, you know the kind of the Krakoa stuff of uh, X-Men? And it's, yeah. It's all over now. One of the kind of uh, things Hickman was saying when he went into it, he wanted to take away death from the characters. Yeah. Like, that's not going to be a thing anymore. And he never got to see that kind of play out because he, he left or got removed or whatever. I can't work out how that would work. Well, I kind of think that he was saying it's not a thing anyway, so we're yeah. just taking it away. But yeah. at some point, there's got to be some mechanism, storytelling technique that you're going to use that has some weight. Well, there was the, the attempts at using it, wasn't it? So they would reboot people without the memories of what had just yeah. happened, etc. So that you know, there's this sort of thing. The, the the trial of Magneto used that, didn't it? I think. Right. Um, and I yeah, no, I didn't the, see it play at large. Sorry. The, because there's that bit, and I haven't read lots of it, but there's that really good section where they fly up to the moon or whatever on the spaceship, and then you see Wolverine, Wolverine and Cyclops die, and you're like, that's quite extreme, and they're not knowing that they're going to be rebooted. And I thought well, the right. first time I read that, 
I found that really interesting. Um, yeah, right. And they did lots of that. I mean, the bits I read, they introduced ways to make that interesting. Like Tony said, like they had like, why did this person not get rebooted? Or do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think there were legs in it. It wasn't never going to last. There was the whole thing. Do we open it up to other people? Then they did, didn't they? No spoilers for something that happened. Um, and then who was a mutant? Who wasn't? Um, yeah. And then of course we got the um, the Miss Marvel thing. Um, What's yeah, the Miss Marvel thing. Well, oh, where she got rebooted as a yeah, and then she's she's actually a mutant. Yeah, which seemed a cheap a cheap game to play. I think a bit at the time. Yeah, that was that's why I felt trying to make a, a big deal about her dying and stuff. And it's like, literally no a month really, later she came back. No yeah. one literally give a shit, and then the character's back, and everyone was just like shrugging anyway. Like, well, <laughs> unless you're a massive Miss Marvel fan, I I I, 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 I suppose they, they could be like because you know those old Superman covers where it's like. Um, Superman's just punched Jimmy Olsen into the into out of space. Why would he yeah. do that? And yeah, they really ridiculous covers where you knew that that wasn't what was happening. And you could sort of treat it like that, like the death of Miss Marvel. Nobody, yeah. know, everybody knows it's like yeah. not gonna lie. Yeah, in the sort of wider sense of things, you know, like Superman's now a gorilla. You know, we knew he wasn't yeah. going to be but, for the whole issue. No, but, you yeah, know. The, the people yeah. that would probably sort of buy into it more would be, you know, the younger readers, you know, the young kids who are reading it that, that aren't paying attention to the internet, so, you know, the internet, whatever whatever we're ranting about on a weekly basis. Mm. And if they read it, they're like, wow, the unfortunate thing is most of those comics are not written for that audience. And <laughs> so, the, the audience is minuscule, I would say, from that respect. What, you know, What kid isn't in on the internet, though? Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Let me just compare this, make this comparison then. So um, growing up, me and my best mate Dave, he was massive Doc 2 fan. And I was a massive comic fan, but he was a bit of a comic fan, and I was a bit of a Doctor Who fan. Put it that way, right? Yeah, so okay. I went along to this Doctor Who event yesterday, and because he's now back working on Doctor Who, I'm back buying big finishes and watching old episodes and all this sort of thing. So I was asking them things, you know, what is it with this colorization of the Daleks story, and mm. you know, what's the next one after this in Big Finish? And because I don't pay any attention to Doctor Who fandom, which, as I understand it, is pretty lively, like worse than ours, yeah. you know, the they were explaining it to me. And it, it's almost like a nice place to be where I am because I don't have to put up with any of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, have just to put up with the product. And I think there must be people out there, probably it's a shrinking market, but there must be people out there who just enjoy reading Spider-Man every month. Yeah, yeah. I like to think so anyway, you yeah. know. Well, hopefully. I mean, if you're yeah. in, if you're listening to this and you're enjoy, enjoying those comics, more power to you. That, that's the main thing. If you enjoy, well, it, I'm enjoying them, man. It, it I'm enjoying them. Anyone says, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sixty percent of them. I will say, I one thing that needs to disappear from a lot of mainstream comics. In fact, I think just the comics medium in in general is the phrase when you're marketing a book, and things will never be the same again. I, I, you know, that that sort of marketing is like, oh, how many issues have we seen like like that on? It's just like, well, you can't say that because things will probably be the same. I read, I read the most recent, I read the most recent She-Hulk this week and got to the end of it and I thought, oh, okay. And then I turned the page and there's that classic text piece going, it's not the end. That's the new thing they need to get away. And they're rebooting it as another She-Hulk comic next month. Right, it's not. It's just not. It's not even shameless anymore. They're just doing it. It just sounds yeah. like a tax, well, like you get to it. Like, oh fuck, this ain't working. Let's start again. Let's yeah. just do another issue one. 
I'm sure you you kind of plot out the first kind of arc of like what's going to happen to the character and yeah. this is what we're going to do over six. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the oh, fuck God. they're doing. God, <laughs> God, we love a good rant. So thank you for yeah. bearing with us, listeners. While well, we got that yeah. all off our chests, um, but now we're perplexed. Yeah. Well, I mean, like most of the enjoyment we get from comics now are from the Indian small press and those those people doing things a bit different. Um, sometimes they they do they do them different long enough that the big companies end up hiring those people, wouldn't it? <laughs> That's totally what happens. For a second, I thought you were talking about me, me Vince, and I was like, oh no, he's not talking about me. No, well, do you know what? I it's all about Gareth. Come on. I, I, don't, I mean, what character would you like to take on, Gareth? Yeah, uh, oh. I'd, uh, I'd, I don't know. I'd like, I really like a go at Indigo Prime, but I, I'd have to make up my own characters for it. So, yeah, oh, who's that character in the Alpha Flight? Um, issue that I came and talked about. Who's the big fat lady with the uh, Croydon facelift? Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, can't, it big Bertha? Is that? That's it. Something like that. Yeah. Do yeah. an abstract. I would like her. a book uh, by Gareth uh, with in Moonlight's voice, and he's kind of looking at the moon and That's talking nice. about the moon. How great! Wow. It is. Just having a <laughs> moon, 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 moon dot com. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that was that was really deep. But um, hmm. mind you, saying that. Well, that's I think that's in Gareth's wheelhouse. So, so are Gareth's comics, which we have been enjoying for years now. If you've been listening to this show, yeah. you've heard this man's name crop up many times on the show. Well, yeah, it was first on seven years ago, I reckon, because oh, wow. that's when um, six eight three came out. So that's how long it's been. Oh, of course, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Blimey. I think did we meet you before that as well? Did we meet you at London Super? Going to say the orange yeah. origin story. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I think no. I think what, what I sent. Uh, a ri- not uh, I sent an overly sentimental email with a with a PDF copy of six eight three. That's that's when you became aware of me, I think. But yeah, oh, we did okay. it also at um, London Super Comic Con. Yeah, you were yeah. steward at London Super Comic Con. Yeah, hey, I love really looking after us. Yeah, yeah. We did you too. were like a bouncer at the second one we did. The third one we did. <laughs> you had to end up breaking up a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's probably the most masculine I've ever been, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like if it had been like a, I don't know a football match and a fight had broken out I wouldn't be wading in telling everybody no. <laughs> I saw it I, got, I was like something out of a Jane Austen novel I got a dose of the vapours when I saw you do that when they arguing about who was first in line to get the saint signed Lever Mayo wasn't it yeah it yeah, was cool. yeah so some I think some people had tabled at the event so that they could get on people's queues before customers were allowed in Oh, how terrible! Canny, canny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, so when it opened, some like people that like you know the eager people who like sort of burst in through the doors. They got to the queue to find it was already ten, ten people long. Um, and, and he had a cap, didn't he? Like he said, I'd only do ten or something like that, wasn't it? I so think it's a bit naughty, right. isn't it? Bit and naughty. I can understand why they're unhappy. So yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get to steward anymore. I think the last thing I um, helped out was Elcaf. He didn't get. Any fights there? <laughs> All very civilized, yeah. which is what we want in the comics world. I had, um, when I was tabling in the last Elcaf, someone came up to me and, and he went, "I hear you're not very nice at, at, at No Brow," and I went, "What are you talking about, mate?" And I think he was a bit surprised <laughs> that it was just like a you, you know, want some? Yeah, it was a bit like that, yeah. and he just sort of walked off. All right, he, yeah. Well, I'll show him. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, oh, well done, mate. Yeah, fight a good fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Walk I've got an unlimited, unlimited set of hardback books, and you're going to tell me I'm not very nice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's probably I mean, although I didn't sell him a book, that would have been a true triumph. 
Somebody has a shower and then has a flashback to that moment and sort of cringes like, oh, fuck. Hopefully he's not listening and he'll write no. back, that was me. No, if it was you, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, please uh, yeah. subscribe and leave a review. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and say we're very nice. No. But, um, Gareth, of course, you have created uh, many a book that we've enjoyed. Mm. Um, mm. But one of... And we're... You're obviously you're getting back into the game, getting the mojo back of, of making comics, and you've got some interesting comics um, coming up mm. that you and other people have been working on. Yeah. So, how has obviously since I think it this show's been going for, for far too long? No, uh, this show's been been going for for many a year, and of course you've been publishing throughout that. You know what has this is going to be a big question to drop on you straight away, Gareth. So I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's your favourite host what <laughs> <laughs> no that's the last one before he hangs up um, what has your creative journey been like um, since like, obviously we first got to know you up until now because it's yeah. we, we always talk about like small press and making comics is always an up and down journey and stuff yeah um, what's it yeah what's it been like um, but, so uh, so the first thing, the first thing I published properly was six eight uh, intercoastal six eight three, mm. um, which um, I kickstarted and was really good. And then, but before that, I probably spent two years on social media talking to other comics people, like building ideas. And it was like a long, a long p- period of warming up to that, and then sort of just like giving it a go and trying it. And then, oh, I suppose. Once I'd done my first thought bubble, which was about this time seven years ago, um, and but I'd been drawing up before then as well, been doing loads of illustration work, all of it for free, obviously, because I was doing it for the exposure. Mm. But um, I had, so I'd been doing loads of stuff in the lead up to publishing comics, and then that came out, and then it's sort of just like, right, what's next? What's next? What's next? So um and i just sort of pick up projects and give them a go and see if i could finish them and if i couldn't put them down then come back to them so in terms of like my creative process i'm a lot less careful than i used to be um i used to like because i think starting out i was worried that people wouldn't get it or wouldn't like it or wouldn't engage with it and i'm at the point now where I don't really care. <laughs> like I just, just I just make what I want yeah. and release it. And then the other side of that, because there's there's that side of it. There's the, the before you printed it, but which is just like, right, I'm gonna draw all this black. I'm gonna draw this like, I don't know, series of cats as landscapes and I'm gonna put them into a comic. And because that's what I want to do. Um and then when nobody buys it, then I'm like, oh shit, I can't believe I've, nobody likes my comics anymore. Why did I? Why I've got no self worth? And then Amy's like, you you went in like, sorry, Amy's my wife. She's like, you went there with all this stuff. You said that you didn't care, so you should probably just stop caring again. I'm like, yeah, all right, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's the old thing, isn't it? We all, you know, I think the older you get, the less you care about what people think about you. But we all care a little bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. we we do. In deep down, we know we do. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, I give it large, but I don't really give a fuck. But there's a couple of people out there if they don't like I, I comic. It, then I think upset, it's yeah. one of those sort of impossibilities, isn't it? Even people sort of say, "Oh, I don't give a fuck." 
they care about people thinking that they don't give a fuck. It's that kind of oh, that kind well, of I, thing. I kind like. of I care about certain people enjoying it. Yeah. But not everyone. I don't care about the masses anymore. Yeah. Well, you want people yeah. to enjoy it though. That's the main thing. You want people to enjoy your work, don't you? Yeah, and I think I it even I make weird comics, fair enough, but I think there's enough of a spread now that when I was at Winchester, which is a couple of weeks ago, different people were engaging with different things I'd made. Uh, which okay. is really nice. So I, there, there weren't many people that were coming up and like getting everything I was doing, but there'd be something I'd done which someone really engaged with, um, which was yeah. So by spreading myself out a little bit, it's um, there's there's things that people can engage with on different levels. So I know it sounds terribly snobbish, but there's some people if they like my comic, I'd be worried. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's the you know. There's the the maniac or the the bloke down the pub who's just fucking awful, or you know, I mean, there's some people. Oh I no, think... I know what you mean. Like, yeah. um, especially like in sort of experimental work. And I was, uh, yeah, that's true. Actually, at, yeah. at Winchester, I was talking to some people who were like in like folk, the folk scene, like folk and mythology and stuff. Okay, they, they were like, you just got to be really careful because people drift in and they've got really bad ideas, but you don't realize till it's too. It's like that whole yeah. Nazi thing. Um, the analogy that, like, just because you've got one friendly Nazi and you've got to kick him out, because otherwise you'll end up with a, a bunch <laughs> of Nazis. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah, but so sometimes you do get people who don't share your ideas, even though they like your work. I, I suppose. Like, yeah, like yeah. People that. can get different things, especially for yeah. you, man. Yeah. I mean, people get yeah. different things out of your work all the time, don't they? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love your work. I've no probably you know read nearly everything you've done but there's certain ones i like you know i prefer over others put it that way i love it oh yeah I told, yeah yeah i think that's fair enough yeah 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 and more cats more black yeah. and white i like yeah. black and white yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and also like your work provokes emotions as well probably um that's what we've said on this show usually i think every single one of us has said stuff of like yeah i hope so that, yeah that, and that because when i did intercostal 683 it was a really academic exercise mm. in like how to structure a comic and and the idea was that you could read that against the comic it was based on and sort of learn something about how the comic i based on was made so it was really analytic and it wasn't i didn't want a, an emotional reaction to it wasn't something i was thinking of whereas now that's the thing that I'm worried about most, I think. But do you oh, think? The, oh, sorry to interrupt you there, mate. But I, yeah. again, from what you're uh, imprinting yourself on what you're reading is a massive thing. We've talked about it in the past. Yeah. So, and like, it even goes back to our conversation there about enjoying bad comics because we imprint what we want and how we're feeling at the time, mm -hmm. and you know how we think and what we know and who our friends are and everything. We imprint on what we're ingesting, don't we? And and your comics above everything is something that. I find I imprint how I feel on them. I remember you t long ago. You told us you, you weren't depressed enough to do a comic at the moment. I think you said it once. <laughs> and uh, and th there's a thing about you sitting outside in the car waiting for someone to come out. I think there was one of yeah. your comics. Yeah, and yeah. I felt because like, it had a personal. You know, I I done that. You know, we will. You know, I've got kids same as you have, and they, I I'd done that as well. And it, it 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 was me imprinting my own my own life experience. I suppose yeah. if you want a better word onto it. Yeah, and I think part of the way that i write because i always the, the last thing i do when or usually the last thing i do when i write a comic is i write it last so i'll get the, okay. the mood and everything together and then i'll write to that and so 
I write very sparsely as well. So part of it is like, I've done all this art. I don't want to cover up with words now. Whereas if you've got a yeah. script, then you know you need to leave some room for that script. Um, so I write really sparse. And I, and I do know that that leaves the, the gaps between phrases is where like people insert themselves. Um, I think if you like something a bit older, like um, Hell to Cry Home, which is about inviting ghosts into the bath with you. But I think I didn't describe, for instance, I didn't describe the bathroom, didn't describe the bath. Like all that stuff is just like whoever's reading it has to bring that stuff in within themselves. Um, oh, I the best example, sorry, is I did a comic called Nothing. Um, which was, um, and I gave one or sometimes a few more lines um, for 66 different people. So it'd be like, um, Jasmine goes to the fridge and can't find anything she wants to eat. Five minutes late, she goes back. And it was like, and I did that 66 times, uh, and I'm giving the game away a little bit here. But those are just autobiographical things that I'd done and then changed the name each line. Okay. But what happened was that people, like when people were reading it, they were inventing that character. Every time they read a new line, they were inventing a new character for that to go. You've seen, yeah, yeah. So it felt, I think, from people who've spoken to me about it, it felt like a universal experience. When what it actually was was just uh, reflecting back against me. If that makes sense. Yeah, gotcha. I, yeah, I sometimes yeah. read your work and and find it more comic, more poetry than comic writing. Is that something? Uh, increasingly, or? yeah, it is. Right, okay. Yeah. And something like um, Moon Puke, which is like very, I was I was quite, um, the actual storytelling there is as close as I've got to conventional as possible, like the way the story's structured and the way it's okay. told. Obviously, the story itself is a bit bonkers, but um, yeah, so that was very conventional. But the more, the, over the past couple of years, it's more poetry like i think um and also i really liked working with um eric when we did found forest floor yeah um but he hasn't been working as much recently so i can't just like fall back on him for for poetry to nick <laughs> so um i've had to come up with it myself and and figure out how what my voice is a little bit and sometimes that does come out sort of fractured and um like, like with jet watch trampoline that was a nonsense but I really enjoyed going full pelt and not worrying about if it made sense or not. Uh, yeah. and, it, and also finding where it did look like it was going to start making sense, breaking it as well. So, um, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of poetry in my work. Uh, yeah, there is. But every, everything you're saying there, dude, it falls back on the question is, what's the impetus to make something mm. for me? Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. this is what we're talking about, isn't it? Is what what pushes you to make stuff? And, and just saying everything there is what pushes you to make stuff, even though you know, like you and me and Vince and Dan, everyone's had that moment where, oh, Christ, I need to get this done. You know, we've all had that, haven't we? Yeah. 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 And is, oh. it the, is it the craft and the art of it that pushes you through, do you think? Or? Um, I did it. So there's one really important thing for the past couple of years, which is I've had this Patreon where I do a page every day. And I yeah. can't, nobody is forcing me to do a page every day. Like, that's <laughs> what that's what people sign up for. But just knowing it's there means that even when I don't want to do anything, I do have to. And sometimes right. the best stuff comes out of that. Um, but also, if I haven't made anything for a little while, I get a bit like I feel weird. Like I've definitely got yeah. this like 
a need to have made something mm. um and and some and like i'll sit down and like as you said Tony, lots of people prefer my pen work to like my like painted color work yeah but sometimes i just can't be bothered and so that's when i start like messing about with pva glue and chopping up old we'll points and stuff yeah. and i was kind there. of mostly joking but i do like the sort of uh, well, intricate line stuff you do you know as i said like with a table full of stuff some people will look at the intricate line work and they'll just be like i love this i i can i buy that i just like the look of it and some people will pick it up and just put it straight back down again but then pick up something with, with a lot of texture in it um right you are know, oh, really like how how did you do this how did you make it look so like lumpy or whatever um so I mean, yeah. how, do, how do you react to that as a creator i mean if if you know nine people out of ten are telling you i really like your black and white stuff mm. you know is it a bit like woody allen where they're going i really really like your early funny stuff so he doesn't do that you mean oh. do you almost find like you <laughs> I, rebel slightly yeah against... no i absolutely do yeah. absolutely every time someone says that they like my pen work i'm like right good i'm gonna go and work out how to use gouache <laughs> <See you later. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um I, I, yeah and i'm I, like i'm a very oh, i can't even think of the word now very reactionary um, yeah me too man yeah if someone said oh you're a bit crude it only it will only get worse in the next issue well yeah like yeah. somebody introduced me at con as as the person who redrew other people's comics and oh that made me mad I didn't. I, I haven't done that since. So um, that's annoying. Yeah. Mm. It's not annoying, and like that's what I was at the time. Like all yeah, my social okay. media presence was like, "Oh look, I've redrawn this Spider-Man. I've redrawn this X-Men. I've redrawn this 2000 AD." So I can't. And when we, when we say that, folks, you have no concept of what these pages look like. So yeah, they'll, they'll be a puzzle not... for your eyes and your mind as well. So. Yeah. I mean, we didn't realize until you told us what it was, and it was almost like a bit of a secret for a while, wasn't it? Because it was you yeah. weren't allowed to say. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I still don't know how public I can be, but yeah. yeah. So, um, where where I was able, I was very public about, it. and I did a whole like um, art show, and uh, I was invited to Germany to do an art show based on that work I was doing. Cool. Um, and that that was ages ago now, but um, yeah, but I have moved away from that. Occasionally, I'll fall back. What I I do still like using other people's panel layouts. I find that a really like a shortcut into getting something done. Is just to pick up a, a like a random comic, find a panel layout I enjoy, and then copy that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think JWC was talking on the Slack today, wasn't she, or yesterday about she hasn't got time to make comics because she's she's you know just had yeah. a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. she wants to make just work out some panel layouts and stuff like that, and I think that's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, you can so, follow Kirby's panel layouts, can't you? You can find them online because he had he had a way of doing it. Yeah. yeah. I, I do get that like if I haven't created or drawn anything for a while. Yeah. And I get that feeling of unease. And not sure if, uh, and it's not unease, but like as soon as I start drawing or creating, it goes immediately and it's like a revelation. Like, why don't I just do that like a couple of days ago? Mm. Yeah. Uh, is that something only kind of afflicts creatives, do you think? Or mm. I think it's a it's uh, a difficult because everyone's oh, well, everyone's different. I get it about writing. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, there's also the there's lots of different sort of processes and problems that creatives have anyway, isn't it? It's like um, I haven't I haven't drawn for like properly for I mean I've done like little sketches and stuff, but I I haven't put ink I haven't put a pen to paper in a long time outside of like my day job, yeah, and stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm getting this grow, but I'm getting this growing feeling like 
like I just really want to do it. It's almost it's like a kettle boiling, yeah. just slowly. Like, Dude, you it's, do it, it. it's not it's not immediate. It's not like, and like I'm talking like as as well getting away from the iPad. You know, it's just like mm. going, you know, just doing some one-off pieces, and I think that will be my way back in. I'm still tapping away with like writing and stuff, but actually drawing. I th- I think by doing some pen pen and ink sort of pieces will be my way back in to getting the rhythm because when you when you're out of it, it it's a muscle as well. It's a creative muscle. If you're not, you don't right? keep improving if you don't. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And you got and the the issue can be sometimes is when you um when you're working on something you get to a point and you're quite happy with it and then you don't do it for a while and you jump back in much like any kind of uh, exercise or anything if you try to do what you did before you'll just hurt yourself um yeah. and and it can be really demoralizing so it is you sometimes you have to start smaller and then build up you have to rebuild up again yeah. don't you um, yeah but also you change, for confidence yeah you change as an artist over the years as well Completely. so like the, the style the, the way I drew when I did my older intercourse or stuff, I can't draw like that anymore. Mm. Um, for one, I, either it's just not, so, or I could, but I'd have to really practice again to get back into that rhythm um, and take my time. Because I work, because I've on, put myself on this daily schedule, I work really quickly now. Mm. And so that's how I approach the page and how it looks is determined by that. Um, whereas I used to spend days on a single page um now i'll spend an hour on one um and you, that's patrons pushed you onto that thing uh yeah patron but also just like because i was doing those iterative comics for a while where i'd like i'd make something and then draw directly over the top of it and i'd do that four or five times to get sort of a layered image yeah but that was each one of those iterations was quick um you, you caught me with that today actually when there's you you've drawn over diary pages Oh, that, that wasn't me. That's Anastasia. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, pardon me. Yeah, yeah. yeah that caught um, me because it's almost like I thought it was a title of the story and yeah, play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Uh, I think we'll we'll talk about her work in a minute. But I, I yeah. love that, and I love that you can sort of, um, you can see the history of a page by what's like underneath it. I really enjoy that. Yeah. When uh, you did that with Sean, didn't you? Sean has a party. Did you? Yeah. Take stuff yeah. he'd done. Yeah. On jet wash trampoline. So it, and that was um like stuff that he was throwing away because he does lots of print work uh like screen printing and stuff uh and all the stuff that he was just getting rid of he just sort of said in passing do you want it do you want to do something with it um so yeah i went to town on it and and painted <laughs> on top of it mm. um and I'm, I'm doing a second one now it's just uh i'm finding it difficult to to find the time for it but mm. um yeah yeah nice. i mean i think you're you're doing some interesting sort of things to get back into that rhythm and get get into that groove and stuff and you i mean you're you're you we always talked about your comics being like um artistic experiments in in some sort of ways but you're certainly um you're you're trying some interesting new stuff i mean like absolute collider is it yeah. is, a, is a wonderful example of that you know um because now you're working with uh someone far more talented than you no i'm only joking um <laughs> But, if you if you'd been the first person to say that, then I'd be like, "Oh, he's just joking." But everybody said it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, of course, um, you and your daughter Martha, isn't it? Yeah. Um, now, am, am I right in thinking that Ghosts in Things was that your first collaboration? That it was, yeah. Yeah, Bill, it was, Bill did that I, as well, didn't he? Yeah. 
I've done. I have made comics with Bill, but this yeah. was the this was the first time. Well, Bill's never really cared. So if it's been a collaboration, <laughs> it's been very light on his side. Whereas Martha really wanted to put work into it and make sure yeah. it was right. So yeah, um, and obviously we loved ghosts and things. I mean, I, when I when I got the, I've very proudly got an original ghosts couple of ghosts yeah. with mine. Um, yeah, nice. We, we, which was amazing. Um, and you need to check out the book if you haven't already. But since then. Like, you've. <laughs> I mean, pe- some people go, "Oh, I'm publishing my first first work." But Martha, like, I mean, you guys have gotten together, and um, how many titles have you published so far? So uh, this year we've done fourteen. Oh yeah. <laughs> how long have you been going for? It's about a year, or just over. It's just year? it's just this year. This is our first year. Oh, okay. Um and well yeah. So the genesis of it was that ghost we did ghost and things, and I was going to sell it at Thought Bubble last year. And Martha said, "Oh, can I help you from behind the table?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right, because you'll be there for two hours. You'll get bored. You'll you'll go off. Mm. That's fine." And then she spent the entire weekend behind the table, and she absolutely loved it. Um, and so she was like, "I want to go back to Thought Bubble again." How, how did she do it selling? Was she uh, was she good at marketing? So, so much better than me. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, everybody is like um, the times that I went away from the table and then my wife went behind instead. They all I always came back and they'd sold stuff that I just wouldn't have been able to. So um, amazing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to say it's because I've got a threatening aura, but uh, um, neither are we because we're so scared. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so Martha really loved that and she wanted to she wanted to do it again. And Amazing. but I was like, well, the thing is, you can't just piggyback on my table. That that doesn't feel authentic. So we'll come up with a way that we can both table together. And that that's what absolute it sort of grew out of that. Um, so we came up with that idea. Um, we did a f- couple more ghosts and things zines, and then um, just Martha sort of turned up in my office with 16 paintings and she was like right this is my first comic can you print it out for me uh, and that was that was panja bear um, <laughs> and then yeah since then we've just like carried on cracking stuff out but what what happened with me was that i was like right so i'm not just gareth hopkins anymore i'm part of absolute collider press i'm going to start inviting people to like we can work with other people now so um, I worked with my friend Kate and made a comic called Kynance. And I reached out to a rapper I really like called Andrew Mbarak. And, we, and I did a version of his song, Atlas. And, and then, because um, me and Martha used to talk about all this stuff on the drive to school. And I was giving my nephew a lift at the same time. And so he'd sit in the back and he'd go, oh, I want to do a comic. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. If you do a, <laughs> if you do a comic, by the time... Southland Comics Fair comes up. I'll print it for you and I'll sell it for you there. And just anticipated nothing happening because every car journey he'd come up with a new story for his character Jimmy Hot Dog, and it'd be totally different <laughs> from the story that he told us the last time. Um, and then yeah, I, I think the day before South London Comic, he, he handed me um, sixteen pages and was like, "There you go, it's ready to print." I was like, "Oh my god." So, um, you could have a good printer at home for that, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's everything we do is home printed. That was another yeah. part of the a part of the thing, uh, was that, um, because I knew that we'd end up 
just chucking like just making loads of stuff and that was that was the point of it and so having going down the normal thing of like i don't know spending 100 150 quid a time yeah on getting stuff printed it wasn't gonna i was gonna run out of money really quickly <laughs> so um <laughs> i saved up patron money and got a printer with an ink subscription um and so everything we make now is is made at home on the printer so um, stuff man so basically you've gone you stood at the school gates every kid that's walked in and you've gone fancy making a comic <laughs> um and this is it's just only going to grow um well it's only so it's only louis who has made is he's the only uh, well louis and martha are the only children who've who've provided comics but right uh, martha's done three now uh, yeah. yeah, with the best titles. We're talking about before we started <laughs> yeah. recording, weren't they? Yeah, did you, brilliant. Did you, oh, I love those titles. What did you want to say? What they were? Yeah, so Martha's she's done three comments. One is called Panja Bear. But I think she was sort of trying to copy me a little bit and coming up with like weird ways to say old words, right? Because she liked pandas, so she came up with that. But after her next two things were called Talking is Boring, and um, <laughs> when it looks like I'm thinking, I'm not. That's the title. Genius. But... Absolute genius. I'm sold. If yeah. you're going to sell a comic on the title, done. Yeah. Job done there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are hers. Um, Louis done two copies of Jimmy Hot Dog. Jimmy Hot Dog and Jimmy Hot Dog 2 Attack of the Nuggets. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> an amazing title. I love the first issue starts with him, I'm up a mountain or something. Just, just, yeah. just how it starts. Um, oh, I can't remember what it, I've, I've got it in front of me. Um, I, I shall call it Hot Dog Mountain. Um <laughs> I was just going through your books reading them, uh, Gareth, and then I came across this and I was like, has this got in here by mistake? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, when I was at Winchester, because I had everything out in front of me, and someone walked up to the table and then picked that up and then really like side eyed me, like, is this yours? Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. no, a nine year old did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, got more ideas in it in most Marvel comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If, and well, that's it. Like, because I don't, other than like taking the comic, the pages off him, and then like, because I do the coloring and I re-letter it so that the handwriting is legible, but well, barely legible. But um, I don't get involved in like the story at all. I just take what he gives me. Um, and so in the Attack of the Nuggets, <laughs> think he just introduces new characters and then has them in the plane crash, have a rap battle, and that's it. You don't see that character ever again. And that's I love that. two pages. Um, yeah. Yeah, burning up the IP. See, see, we're talking about narrative yeah. pacing, aren't we? Just get to it. Just get to the action. Yeah. Already, want. he's got four new action figures. When this goes big, Do you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. He has made his own action figures. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's he's made uh, and well, so you'll know having read Jimmy Hot Dog too that his um his estranged brother Bobby turns up. And it turns out he's, he survives his fall into the volcano, but he, he's not the same hot dog he was. Oh, I often, my I God. Often think I, the about... drama. The drama. Yeah. Yeah. I often think about my comics. When I get arrested for being a serial killer at some point, they're going to go, yeah, but look at this mentalness he did. <laughs> you know, when this, yeah, when this kid is eventually court. prime minister, because he's clearly yeah, going yeah. places, someone's going to say, yeah, but what about Jimmy Hot Dog from the back of a prime minister's yeah. question yeah. time, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So what really yeah. happened with Bobby Hot Dog? Okay. <laughs> what happened in that volcano can't talk about that yeah yeah I, you I killed lo- them all you I killed lo- them all in that plane crash and he's going what are you going on about i oh, love the, the fact you when you're nine 
Yeah, I love <laughs> the fact that on your um, the page of your website with Absolute Collider titles, that you can have Jimmy Hot Dog 2 Attack of the Nuggets, just a couple of thumbnails away from a dream of a beach during a stormy winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, goth was never meant for this. <laughs> <laughs> But um, um, got, there's also yeah. some other creators. Yeah, well. so I, say, I really like that. That really. Oh, is good. Awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's my friend Kate. She, uh, I, I don't know if you remember years ago, um, I was drawing a comic about a cat and a dog called Crosby and Sid. Oh, Crosby and Sid traveled to. Oh, man, that rings a bell. Yeah, you did. Um, you did a, a commission thing for it at one point. Like we won a competition for the week, and you drew Co- Crosby. All right. Um, uh, it was years ago, and like I, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast. So don't take that as any because of all that well. cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we worked on that for a while, and then um, to be honest, I, I, it, I lost enthusiasm for it. So that's my fault. But um, but yeah, we're still in touch, and um, and then it on. Uh, on Twitter or somewhere, I put a video of like the pages that didn't go into explosive sweet freezer razors. So I made loads of art for that. Um, and, and I got like folders worth of stuff that didn't get used. And so Kate was like, Oh, I've got a piece of writing, which I think would work with some of those. Um, can, so I sent her over a folder. She said, okay, this is, this is my, the, the thing that I've written. And these are the, the 20 pages I think will work well with it. And then I sort of combined them. And I'm I'm glad, like yeah, it the people who are into it have really got a lot out of it. I think it's a really nice piece. So cool, yeah. Um, it, it's it's so it's about um, uh, Kate's childhood home, so memories of like just being around her mum and dad. Um, so yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, even though like kind of obviously they're they're, they're her childhood kind of memories and thoughts and feelings, like it kind of keyed into sort of stuff like how would I remember my parents and being yeah. around like relatives house and it's sort of thought, yeah there was this experience that experience that smell that exp- that occasion so yeah it was an interesting piece i really enjoyed it yeah i'm, I'm really glad yeah yeah i like it what about shedding so um shedding is by um an artist called anastasia Hjorns, who uh i keep saying Hjorns. i hope that's how you pronounce her name um but um I really like her work and she's sort of been making abstract comics for years now. And I just know, I just knew her through Instagram. And then when, um, I don't know if you saw the uncomics, uh, which came out a couple of years ago, she was in that. Um, I sort of suggested that she go for it. And then a couple of her pages were, um, embroidered versions of pages from Petricor. Um, so, and I was like, these are amazing. She's such a good artist. Hmm. but not being nobody'd sort of like picked up her work and done a lot with it like you know when you see someone on instagram who's getting like i don't know 10 likes and you're like this is so much better than loads of stuff on this yeah so i was like so so i said to martha martha do you mind if i just sort of reach out to anastasia and offer to do a comic with her or for her and martha's like why are you asking me i was like because you're you're co-director jesus christ one have a care um you read the meeting notes yeah <laughs> um but no so so yeah i i emailed her and said do you want to uh we've got this thing do you want to do a comic and yeah so she sent out she basically sent over a, 
a PDF of, of, of shedding. And then I, I faffed about, um, sort of tightened the cover up a little bit, not very much. Um, and then, yeah, there it is. And it's, I think it's, I think it's amazing. So and- she reminds me a little bit of a cross between, I don't know why I think this, but a cross between you and Andy Barron, who does the Om comics. There's, there's something, okay. there's, there's yeah. more that she, she's almost like, um, there's a couple of pages I was looking at earlier that almost look like they're a series of orange. It's just me reading into it, probably like yeah. orange noses or beaks yeah. spread across the page. And it reminded me a bit of the Om characters that Baron has that just have a sort of beak or a face or, I you know, know. What you mean. Yeah. 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 I can see that. And, and similarly, like, um, Anastasia's line is a lot like, uh, broader, more fluid than mine. So I, I can be a bit yeah. scratchy. Um, but she like, and the way that she creates shapes as well. Um, and then cause she uses a different media and stuff, but I, I really yeah. love them. Um, so yeah. And I mean, my biggest hope is that just a little nudge from us will like sort of peter out and she'll pick up some momentum other places. Like, or at least start um, doing it herself maybe as well. Seeing that. Yeah. 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 Um, no, that's lovely. I really liked that one, man. I have mm. to say, yeah, really did. Yeah. It's got a real, um, it's a weird one. It is it is both abstract but has emotion through the panels again. Yeah. Like a lot of your work, you know, when you yeah. panel it out. Well and yeah, and it's like it's an abstract comic which is actually a comic as well. But yeah. sometimes yeah. that gets lost. Sometimes people break the rules of the comics so much. Like I I play on that. I like dance around the edge of what isn't isn't a comic. Mm, Whereas yeah. in shedding it's very definitely a comic and plays within the rules of that. Oh, I'm making up the story in my head is you know, there's there's yeah. there's figures in motion not even figures but there's things in motion across the page yeah but you 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 sort of humanize almost don't you you know yeah yeah so i mean obviously we can hear it in your voice like the excitement about these titles and what you what you're bringing out now what yeah. has this sort of shift in going from the one-man band you know sitting behind the table and just shifting your wares to obviously the the wonderful collaboration with with your family but then going beyond that what has that done for you know um your mojo that's a terrible way to put it but you know in, in terms of comics you know what i mean just just yeah. how, how you feel about producing comics what has that done for it um i so uh, i've mentioned before i do this patreon so a lot of the comics which i have brought together for as part of absolute collider are stuff which i've made there and mm. sort of like so i make all this stuff and I can pull some of it in to collect like cacophony is like a horror story which um Bill wrote under the suit like the pen name WG Hopkins um yeah so um that all the the artwork for that was just because I'd hit a period of a month or so where everything I drew was in this one particular style and then it happened that it was that what he wrote was supposed to go into talking is boring. And I was like, Bill, Martha's done like geometric color explorations. And you've written this weird thing about a monster, which like sucks in souls on a park bench. And it's not like <laughs> I've got some art, which will match that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So in terms of mojo, it comes and goes like some days when I'm really into it and I, I really feel what I'm doing it's a genuine joy to sit at my desk and and get stuff going but there's other days when nothing comes and and so i've sort of i've got stuff i can fall back on like so 
if if I sit down and I'm like, right, what would be really good? What will like what people will respond to is like a picture of an animal because people like pictures of drawings of animals if they're well rendered. So I'll sit down and I will I'll draw a bird or whatever. If that bird is not appearing on the page in the time I've given myself that day, then I'll just start slapping paint about until I've got something which I can put out for that day. Yeah. Um, so yeah and so i've what i've found is i've got to work around my enthusiasm well you've so, got to work uh, around your own self-criticalness as well you know yeah. we're all, often yeah. our wor our worst enemy aren't we yeah yeah but there's it's always good to have something else to do if what you're not if what you're doing isn't working so there's all these other jobs that i can do like um so for instance like just printing stuff out is a job that has to be done now yep. um and stapling stuff so i can yeah. i can spend some time doing that if i don't want to actually draw anything mm. um, and then having lots of medium to work in to make stuff helps as well as, as i said like if 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 pen if drawing changes better than a yeah yeah well, then i'll just grab but and some i've got enough stuff sort of sat around here that I can just try something I've never tried before mm. um, and just sort of give it a go. And um, that's how I get sort of get through it. Um, but I do like amassing lots of finished work. Mm. Uh, and okay. some, sometimes, sometimes that process, so a dream of a beach during a storm in winter, like that just sort of happened. That entire comic pulled itself together in a week without me. I mean, I, did, I had to like physically work on it. But I didn't have to think about it. It just all happened yeah. uh, because I hit a particular like a uh, rut, which was just productive and and made something. Um, for for me, the the big dopamine hit. You know, it's a funny way to put it. You know, what we, yeah. that's what we live off, don't we? The big thrill I get is finishing something. Yeah. It's not getting it printed. It's not selling it. It's finishing it and being happy with it that's that's the main thrill that i get from comics often by the time it's printed i'm moved on i'm you know oh yeah um, yeah i know exactly what you mean and sometimes like, sometimes i feel bad selling it so like, <laughs> yeah and i'm the same when, yeah. when someone says like how much is that and you go oh it's a fiver and they go oh yeah okay i'm like oh god i wish i could just like not charge a fiver but then do you know what yeah. i mean like um so sometimes i feel a bit weird about that um, well, here's a question for all of us then really yeah. when I, I, is does ha, ha, when you're fine you have to be financially motivated by the sale of a comic and you know either you need to bring your print costs back or your table you need to pay contributors or something does it affect your enthusiasm for that thing well the, the project as it's being worked because on. you're having to make money you're having to raise money for it um, you see what i mean i th i think for me um, because for the most part I'm a, I'm sort of a one man band. Just getting the project done is I, I don't all of those issues and the anxieties and the worries and stuff that usually happens when I've got the book printed and I've got it on the table and I'm thinking yeah that's I, when it takes over I think that's, it? That's yeah because you like, realise oh, I've just spent three hundred quid getting it printed I need yeah, to I do, I, I don't want to take back all the full boxes I've got to sell at least I, I mean I, it's usually the printing costs. Because, because I am, you know, fortunate that I can do stuff that's just me putting it out. Mm. It's the costs of of getting it to be a physical product. 
because a lot of it is my creativity and my time doing it um so i don't th- i don't think think of that in a money's worth i think of yeah. that when the final piece is there it's then okay you know i'm very proud of it but now that it's here it's a product and because it's a product yeah, it, it needs to, to it needs to, to sell it did, has did, to pay do you for step itself. away from it a bit at that point you think um so I, to be honest, I don't think I really let go until the print costs are made up. Okay, you know, but do you do you walk away? Do you step away? Do you see it just as something you got to sell, as opposed to you, know, you put your heart and soul into I, that? I, or... No, I, I still, I still feel, and I, I think, I think you need to to feel something about it in order to sell it. You know, if we're talking right, about it as a product, okay. because I, I think if you're just sort of like, yeah, here's my book. And and if you stop caring about that book once it's become a book, why did you create the book? You know. Well, there's you... there's something to be said for the creative process being the result yeah, yeah, that you needed anyway. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but also, but by the creative process, if you're creating it as a product, if you're doing it just for yourself, you don't need to sell it. Yeah, I agree. If, yeah. if you're choosing to sell it, then still give a damn. I mean, I understand moving on to the next thing and obviously keep you know keep the ball rolling, but the thing that's on the table you've still got to have some sort of passion about it, which makes it difficult like when you're trying to sell an issue you did five years ago when you're doing when you're Yeah, that's the thing I'm wondering because you sort of slowly I mean it's very rarely do I go back and read a comic that I did ten yeah, years ago, yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah. Sometimes you, know. you have to reconnect with the feelings you had when you created that book originally. Mm, yeah. I think you you know, rather than thinking, Oh, I'm trying to flog a dead horse, you've got to think, Oh yeah, that was a good time doing that. You know, oh, yeah. this book. This book's about that. I think sometimes it's advantageous when your books are in such different, different stories, different genres, different. You know, you're not trying to sell your old horror book. That's the you feel same different about each product, one. though. Surely, yeah. do you as well? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and also it's do. it's interesting having old stuff which people haven't seen before. Yeah. So, like, when I was at Winchester last year, I had copies of Six Eight Three out, and to me, that's just like something I take along in case I manage to sell one. And it wasn't, it doesn't excite me in the same way that it used to. Yeah. But yeah. There, there's people coming up and like, because they were coming in off the street, they weren't into comics. They're like, I've never seen anything like this before. And there's like teenagers showing it to their friends and them all, and like that was amazing. Like, and that's the sort of thing that. I hope to get all the time now and don't, but, um, <laughs> but did you have it, to sort of reevaluate it a bit in your head when that happens. Yeah. 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 What the the actual comic, you know? Yeah. And yeah. seeing someone, uh, react to a comic in a particular way does recontextualize it for me. Yeah. So, yeah. um, when people sort of engaged with a dream of a beach, it was always in a way that I didn't, which was, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. So, I think we, we've got a lot of sort of like different things going on. I mean, Dan, for you, with Vanguard being like you know the tentpole thing that you 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 know you're always you've always got to sell that volume one, haven't you? Which, it's a pricey volume as well. Your comics, aren't yeah, it's, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And also, it's a bit of a different bag, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're looking back, what ten years or so to when it was started. You know, what's it like for 15. you? So, yeah. So, what's it like for you selling that? You know, going back that far. Uh, it's a weird one. I hadn't really considered it too much, or you started uh, asking me. Uh, is it is it hard? Is it harder, or, or because you're still currently making the book, you're still tapped into? No, it's it's always that when when you look back at stuff you've done, like, and it's not as good as the stuff you do now. You always add in the caveat. Well, it's not as good as what I can do now mm. and stuff. And 
I always fucking do that and I don't think I'll ever stop. But yeah, uh, it's yeah. like that's what that's what I was doing when I was th- that still point. good though, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cheers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of like you just kind of if you've been self-critical, which I yeah. imagine um, a lot of creators and artists are, uh, you're always going to kind of brag on yourself a little bit. Yeah. And it can be your own worst enemy, really, isn't it? Especially with yeah. an older work. If you're sort of saying, oh, here's the first one but here's the new one and it gets a lot better you don't want to say you don't want to be saying no 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 it not gets when better. You're stuff. yeah yeah you got to be like right okay and here's where we are there's this more crazy the stuff that shit. happens yeah but I'm, I'm i come at it it's a slightly different way as it in regards to as a writer and i and i appreciate that you you know you grow as a writer as well as you grow as an artist but yeah i think writing is slightly different in that you're in different places in your life and writing totally. can change significantly mm. compared to how your art yeah. would change. Almost from day yeah. to day, my writing could change, you know. Mm. So I've got comics that I did in 98 um, that I would look at. I haven't looked at them for years, but I, I, last time I looked at them, I thought, that page isn't badly written. I kind of like what yeah. I did yeah, there yeah. because it was almost like more instinctual, I think, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've different read game. stuff I've done in the past and I think, did I fucking write that? That's all yeah. right. Yeah. Here's a question then. You've you've got a you've got a whole chunk of books ready for your table, um, for your convention table. Ta- convention's coming up. There's one book that you just don't believe in anymore. Should that be there? It'll no, st- I it don't. could it I could it, it could still sell. But don't believe it in still, it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything like that. But yeah. it would de- it would depend why I didn't believe in it. Mm. You know, say for example, the bloke I collaborated with turned out to be a a fucking yeah. like oh, a yeah, massive yeah, yeah, far right yeah, 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 guy yeah. or something. You know, then then there would be that. Then I probably wouldn't do, but not believing it, I don't think but, I've got anything that's. Not I've that. yeah. I've got an example because right. um, a couple of years ago, um, a comics journal approached me to do, and they they were doing a series about non uh, non narrative comics. They asked me to do a comic. They also asked me to write up my process and so for them i made two comics one was this abstract comic and another another photo comic where i was like taking pictures of my process and like okay that's interesting yeah yeah um and then so after i'd done that it went online whoever was going to read it read it and then i was like i really like this so i printed out copies of both of those and then wrapped them up in this painted cover thing just did i did five copies of it and i was like this is super limited if you get one, you're lucky. I'm going to charge a fiver for it. And nobody's ever bought one. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, I, well, no. So I've sold two. Um, but yeah. I didn't know about it. I There's bought no it. point in me yeah, putting yeah. them out now because um, as people pick them up, they sort of, they, it sort of falls apart a little bit. They get nervous and they just sort of fold it back up and put it back and they, they walk away. So um, as me and Martha have been like preparing for Thought Bubble this weekend, um she was like are you gonna put that out again because we haven't yeah. got a lot of space and i was like no oh, but- she's like bossy i love <laughs> i love that she's taken control of this publishing wing <laughs> i've got to um, say there's no book i've done myself that i would like i'm not going to put this out but there's plenty of work that i've done for other people that i, was like, I don't want this okay I want yeah, yeah i can this. see that yeah, yeah. without yeah. saying okay. who it is we tribute a book put a book out that we won't sell anymore okay yeah oh, okay I have to tap you up and see what that's about. <laughs> new, new tribute books out, isn't it? Out Adam Felp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Out. Is that? But that's tribute not a tribute brand? book. That's just no. Felpy. Okay, so no, that's, that's uh, Felpy. yeah. That's his, his one. He's one. It's on Kickstarter at the moment. We'll but, be about um, in a speaking yeah. of shameless, yeah. shameless self promotion and a wonderful segue from Gareth there, because you're going to be at Thought Bubble, which is this weekend, isn't it, Gareth? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Which is raced up. Uh, yeah, yes. it, it approaches ever quicker every every year. And of course, if there's any of our listeners who go be there, be you table or be you be you um, visitor, um, with all your all your paper round pocket money for the year saved up to get all those wonderful books. We hope you have an amazing time. Uh, do you, uh, where where are you going to be, Gareth? We are in Bubble Boy Hall, which is so it's the third hall that expanded it out, and we are sorry, I'm just getting a piece of paper on it. Uh, we're at table F nine, um, and yeah, that's where we are. F nine in Bubble Boy Hall. Go 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 there. Um, you will definitely buy a book because uh, Martha will bully into doing it. Yeah, even if yeah, you don't very much. So. Yeah. <laughs> but it's quite funny because last year we were um, in, uh, I think, Distillery Hall. Uh, it wasn't called that; it was called something else. But um, we're sort of in with sort of more edgy zines, and that's where Martha wanted to be. Oh, cool. So we've been moved in sort of the more family familyish zone, which I get because one of us is eleven years old and we do a cute about ghosts. <laughs> yeah, you don't so want to like... be next to tribute comics, do you? Let's face it. You're eleven, Gareth. You're eleven years old. Fucking hell, times have been hard. It's the glass. <laughs> I've just I've been working with the <laughs> mind. It's giving me this voice. Um, um, but yeah, so she and so, but Martha's still like, oh, I don't really. I was like, we're going to be next to the, the guy who draws the Beano. And she's like, yeah, I know that's a problem. I want to be. I, want to be oh, I love that. She's going to be like, what is this going to do for our brand? She's already yeah. put more, she's already put more thought into it than I've ever put Love into it. a convention table. This is amazing, amazing. I tell you what, Gareth, you stick with her, you'll go far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and as many people have said, she's the more talented one. So, um, yeah. Oh bless. But of course, and thank you, Gareth, for. I think this is fascinating. We we've just cheers, dude. Yeah, scraped yeah, the tip of the iceberg. Stuff, but where can people obviously find more of the books if they, if they're not going to Thought Bubble or, or find your yep. work? So once we've got through Thought Bubble, I'll be setting uh, on store an on store online store up. Um, but in the meantime, uh, it's uh, gerthink.com or grthink.com uh, forward slash Absolute Collider Press is where you can find out more about us. Nice. I love your logo as well. Oh, the little ghost in the cog. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. There's a, on the Thought Bubble website, the, the way the L and the I meet. It's almost a little bit satanic. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Which means it is. Yeah. Um, but seriously, go go and uh, buy all the books from those guys because it's well worth it. And we will always champion your work, Gareth. Definitely. And uh, eventually uh, we'll, we'll get the interview Totes. that everyone wants, which is an interview with Martha. But that'll happen yeah. in the future. Well, talking's boring, so... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's not going to do that. She, yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> that happen. She'd have got really mardy and just sort yeah. of stopped off after a while. So. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Mardy's we... not used enough, is it? No, 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 no. There's, a, there's a name for a comic book for you, Mardy. Um, no, mardy and stomped off. As we segue to the shout-outs, and of course, Thought Bubble Comic Convention is happening November the 11th and the 12th in Harrogate. Um, I'm, we're probably... Uh, preaching to the converted for a lot of people listening to this show but certainly there are some fantastic guests from like jason aaron john allison uh michael conrad becky clunan nick brokenshire friend of the show um his his episode was only a couple months ago i think the etherington brothers uh kieran gillen sarah grayley go to thoughtbubblefestival.com if you haven't already and make a little shopping list of who you're going to see and who you're going to visit. There is an exhibitor page with a massive list of brilliant Indian small press creators. And uh, if you was, click... isn't it Al Henderson who worked out if you spent five minutes at every stall, you're going to be 
be there for like eight days or something. Yeah. There's so yeah. many people yeah. there, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there's something literally for everyone. Um, and a lot of people, like like Gareth, will have uh, brilliant new comics. Like I, I just I just saw today that the, the Wine and Zine Collective are going to have some new books there. So you should go check them out. And even more. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing... We, we've got a, a bit of a channel on the slack about thought bubble as well so i'm looking oh forward... yeah it's thought bubble social it's called uh, yeah, yeah and i'm looking forward to seeing what the thought bubble the halls are going to be like and when i mean hall i mean what you actually bought i love seeing those little, little pictures are someone's going to go back to trotters have a pint in there yeah, yeah getting trotters. yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a, yeah, have a pint for us because uh, i couldn't make it this year it's too too far for me <laughs> but I'll, i'm still I'll... <laughs> still thinking about it see i'll get on on the day i might yeah. travel up okay. for a day or something yeah yeah yeah, getting a bit of FOMO too. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, well, Falpy's there with strangers, and they'll have our yeah. books. Oh, there table, you go. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if if you're going to be there, let us know, and we'll put some shout outs on the show about stuff yes. that you discovered there. Because post thought bubble is always great because everyone's so high on. Com- mm. I like every convention, but like yeah. everyone's everyone, everyone's high huh. on comics, and that I thought you, you went high on cot, and I went, oh no, not again. Oh, <laughs> not again. It's, it's a different high. Um, but but certainly, if you discover something that we need to know about, then please get it's in touch dope. with us. And that includes you, Gareth, because I know you like to pick up some wild and wonderful new titles whenever you're there. Yeah, and and we trust you. God help us. Uh, well, I, I don't trust him. No. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What, wow. How can you wow. trust the judgment of someone who set up a small press with his eleven-year-old daughter and spent <laughs> most of the time trying to get the fucking printer to work? Like, that's a choice I've made. You should trust me. Listen, oh. mate, and get on your Patreon. I love your Patreon. I look at it every day, and I occasionally even leave it, leave a message, which you actually <laughs> reply to as well, which yeah. is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's great, and it's a great way just to see a bit of art every day. I love it. Was yeah. it only about six o'clock it lands, isn't it? Something like that. Uh, four, yeah, four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. Sorry, four yeah, o'clock yeah, every yeah. day, uh, except for the days where I miss a deadline and I have to scrabble. But yeah, <laughs> nice. nice. All the days where I pretend that I've misscheduled and it comes out the day after, I'm like, oh no, I must uh, have the wrong day. Oh, it must be something yeah. with the clock on my computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but that was the first shout. Do we have any other shout-outs, gents, as we roll? Yeah, on? I've got a few. So, uh, Electric Chair Two from Falpy. Adam Falp is now uh, on Kickstarter. Adam is definitely um, proving himself to be one of the world's greatest underground comic creators, and he's really, he's really, this is really good. I tell you now, and he's working on about four things at the moment, including something I wrote for him last week. It's on Kickstarter. Go and get it. It's almost there. It's been going about four days, three days, I think. Yeah, in fact, it's, it's since Friday night because he launched it while we sat in a cafe. So I know oh, that. Yeah. Uh, you're you're doing that one, so you can't do that one. Um, Friday night, myself and Falpy caught up with Mike Sadaka from that comic smell. It's great seeing him. Um, I went to a Doctor Who talk at the BFI yesterday. Look at me, posh. <laughs> um, with Dave and Tim, uh, and proof that there is we are living in a computer simulation was a guy called Andy Davidson who there. Who, if you ever look at our pod email account, we got a mailer from his PR talking about the comic he'd just released. <laughs> How oh. weird is that? Oh. And I, I go in to meet him. I, I just knew that my mate David brought along a geezer called Andy, and it turns out to be the same person. Um, he's done a book which is... Um, he, he's responsible in a big part for a book that's reprinting a lot of um, Tomorrow People. All the old bugs in the room will remember that. Restoring it from the Looking magazine. Um, and it looks amazing. I know, I think I'm going to say, is it Martin Feekins bought it? I can't remember who. Somebody bought it on the Slack. There's certainly a conversation about it. Um, I own some looking magazine original art as well, and you can get it really reasonably. 
It's good. But this is just beautiful stuff. He's also written books on Blake Seven, Doctor Who, and get this, the Carry On movies. So we talked a lot about Sid James, who always sit there and got monstrously drunk. Mm. Um, And Fisto was drunk. Fisto was discussed as well, which is quite nice. Um, DUI is down to the last few copies. Eamon will have them, or what is left, at Thought Bubble with him. Also a couple of issues of the very rare issue two. Um, Give him a shout. Buy a copy. We're almost sold out at this point. Every copy that he sells at Thought Bubble, the full price will be going to mind. And we're on the way to a thousand, I think, at the moment. That's like, I'm, I'm right there, lads. Do you think? Yeah. I know. Um, Matt Bunce has very kindly just um, auctioned off some artwork on the Slack, so I think we're doing all right. Um, yeah, so it's going well. So, oh, and the other thing is talking to conventions. I got the nod to go to Ongolim uh, with no brow, so. There's going to be a proper. I think there's also a few people off the Slack going to it, so it's going to be a bit of an ACP crew at Ongloom. Awesome. So that should be good. There you go. No ones. Nice, Dan. I've got a Kickstarter. No brainer. Issues one to five of Solo yes. Comics Anthology from our friend Edison Neo. That's absolutely smashed his target. It's got another nine days to go when you hear that. Uh, I can't recommend backing this enough. Yeah. Uh, Edison's work is right, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, bit of nepotism here we're going to give a shout out to grim scary's tales yeah uh, anthology thank you uh with uh kieran squires and damon Edwardson. uh we was on a another podcast today promoting that uh it was called the all things horror pod and i've posted the link on various social media outlets uh, i'm actually getting a, a wife joke in there so that's good <laughs> i texted and, you uh, while you're on it yeah <laughs> it, it popped up while i was recording i laughed uh, and we talk about the comic break it down you know it's uh the matt the guy who does it's called matt he's a good lovely one, man. guy yeah yeah, yeah. So, it's uh, from a point yeah. of view of a hor- of horror he's not like a comic yes. star is he it's like a no. he's in, just into horror yeah he's got a few comics but essentially he's all into horror horror films yeah. and that's the angle we're approaching it from so it's kind of hard to talk about horror stories that have kind of got a twist ending and not talk about the twist because yeah, well, I was feeling your pain really about that, vague, yeah. really vague. And you mentioned the competition winner as well, didn't you? Yes, the competition winner is uh, the sleep. Is it the sleep demon? I can't remember the friggin' name of it now. Uh, but <laughs> I did mention it last week on the show. Yeah, but I've started drawing that already, and he's Amazing. very pleased to have his his comic in there. So, Everyone was nice about that. I noticed on the emails you were sending them out saying, "Look, you didn't win it, but nice, nicely done and stuff." Everyone's very gracious, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. yeah. Some people ask for feedback, and if I get time this week, I'll, I'll respond and oh, cool. um, and say yeah or no. But it's it's cut quite a lot of work breaking people down to people's scripts, so hmm. I'm really time pressed at the moment. But I do my I do my best to try and. Uh, it took us long enough to read them all, man. Mm. Yeah. Some of them, like as you said, so well done. Others, like okay. Oh, the, the, people uh, just hadn't read a comic script before, hadn't they? There's, there's a way of writing it. It's, it's nothing to do with the creative process, mostly. It's just, you know, there's a way of writing a comic script. I mean, if, if you come up with, like, a rough pitch for an idea and sort of say, page one, this happens, page two happens, page three, that happens, but a lot yeah. of them were kind of, like, really overly written. Some of them were just, like, a short story, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't I can't do this, man. Like, we've got limited time and to try and do the rework. If it was just, like, you give me this and it's carte blanche to rework it as I wish, that's fine. But if we got to do a lot of back and forth, we, you guys know how long yeah. that kind of stuff takes. Yeah. Uh, it just eats up time. Mm. So, uh, yeah, go check out Grim Scary Tales. Got another three days to go on that. Great conversation nice. on writing scripts on the Slack this week as well. Good fun on the process yes. channel. Yeah. Man, nice. Slack is just great. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Yeah. Enjoy it. Speaking of great, we've got a load of uh, great comics 
as the sands of time on this episode uh, are burning away. That's not what sands do, but um, we're going to recommend some lovely comics <laughs> to you people. Away. And as always, the guest goes first. So, Gareth, what would you like to recommend to our lovely listeners? Okay, so I've got three, and I'll try and be quick because I don't want any sand to get burned. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, all right. I'm a terrible <laughs> metaphor. No, it's all right. I'm going to make a comic about it later. Um, <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember when we had Qvention and everyone came to the table would say something? Oh, there you go. Gareth, you can make that into a story. Every uh, stupid phrase that came up. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah uh, there was the uh, carapace one, crusty carapace capers or something like that. <laughs> still, on, still on the board. Um, yeah. So uh, one is a TV series, which I know is being annoying, but it's what I'm obsessed with. I spent the last week catching up on it because I had, it's called um, Joe Perra Talks With You. And I, I put it on the Slack and nobody cared. That's fine. <laughs> um, but it's just this really nice program. Where, and it's a, a comedian called Joe Perra who does very slow comedy. It's sort of like in a, the style of an old man. Um, and so his TV series is just him. And it starts off with each episode is him talking about a subject and then it just sort of goes off in these gentle little tangents and you sort of like build up the world around him. And it's so, so closely written and so just so nice to watch and genuinely hilarious as well. Oh, so nice. I really recommend that. Uh, there's one episode where he um, hears Baba O'Reilly by the Who for the first time. And the whole episode is him just telling people about it. Like, have you heard this song? It's the best song ever. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's... Joe, best, intro, best intro of his song as well. Well, yeah, and in the episode, he as he's hearing it for the first time, he's doing the washing up. So just as he's about to put a bowl in his dishwasher, he stops as like the, the first massive chord comes in. It's just it's just a really nice moment. But yeah, oh, cool. So that's that one. Um, also, would like to talk about um, a comic by Douglas Noble and Mark Stafford called. Uh, I'm just waiting. Uh, it says, further cases from the forbidden files of the Everything Agency. Um, and so what it's about is you, it's told from the first person. So you, you're the, the person who's watching things happen. And you go into the offices of the Everything Age of, yeah, of the Everything Agency. And you're given a presentation of slides by um, a girl investigator. Is that what they call her? Uh, top girl detective April May and so while she's giving you a presentation uh, she's going through slideshows of cases that they've solved over the years and each case is a different drawing by Mark Stafford I don't know are you familiar with Mark Stafford's work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Love his yeah. Work. yeah. really gnarly like imaginative work it's sort of grotesque but very energetic and so each each slide is a different like uh, case that they've solved and uh, April May will describe the case to you. But then as well as that, as as you go through each case, she's also talking to you about what's happening in the room. So the actual plot is happening behind what you're seeing. And it's just a really, really well done like story, um, really self-contained. But at the same time, it's got what I really love, which is where you're given a name and like, um, you sort of, someone will mention, like, oh yeah, do you remember the case from like Gillymott's farm and how they found all those upside down dolphins or whatever? And that's not an actual thing that happens in the comic, but we just get told little hints about stuff and then they don't mention it ever again. And it sort of builds up this like really weird world which you're sort of building yourself. 
and it does that really well um and so yeah so that's my second recommendation and then the third one i want to talk about is and i don't think we've talked about it on the pod before i don't think you've talked about it um is uh concrete by paul chadwick oh, oh no, God. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i reread the first seat the swimming sequence about a year ago i love that bit yeah well because i'm new to it like i've started picking bits up and so i'm by no means an expert in it. i think i read the last thing first so right um and it just like happened that i just you just pick up like random back issues and i happened to pick up like the six issue series think like a mountain okay um but i re- and so for people who haven't heard of concrete before it's about um a man so i'll, I'll tell you the setup and then what it actually is so it's about a man who gets beamed on board an alien spaceship uh, had it has his brain transferred into that of a rock creature and gains superpowers so he's invulnerable if any if any part of his body does get chipped off it grows back and his eyesight is like pinpoint accurate for miles so so he's this superhero but what what this story is actually about is someone who's been removed from society so he becomes an observer of the world uh, rather than a player in it um and so it's really interesting that the way that the story is told and so think like a mountain which is um the the last thing so there's a lot of back history which i wasn't aware of with the character but it's as much as it's the character concrete um getting involved with environmental protesters like the environmental protest and terrorism thing which is happening at the at the same time it was um this is like late eighties, only not as Dark Horse presents, wasn't it? So it was, yeah. So and so at the same at the same time that the comic was coming out, you had these like eco terrorist organizations going around and um like performing like uh, destructive action destructive actions against um like mining companies and uh deforestation and stuff. And so Paul Chadwick in the comic um and th- so both through the character of concrete who's constantly weighing up whether or not he should get involved and whether or not he agrees with the um the the methods of the people who he's getting involved with so he agrees to go on a protest and observe that this this group at earth first as they go about like trying to save um forests and so while he's looking at what's happening around him, there's also Paul Chadwick in the back is also hosting like a discussion in his letters pages from people saying which bits of it they agree with, whether or not he should be telling this in a comic. And it's so interesting and so layered and so well thought out. Um, and at the same time, the art is incredible. It's like so well rendered. Um, and the sequences where concrete is out in nature, just sort of experiencing the world that is being left for him. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just breathtaking. So if you, I don't, you can, if you go into back issue bins, you can find copies of concrete. For they did like paperback versions of it, didn't they? The yeah. sort of collections in sort of slightly smaller paperback, like they did with Grimjack and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I've got um, uh, the best, like concrete short stories, which is like a, uh, folio size it's a bit bigger right and that, that collects some stuff from dark horse presents and then i've got like a, a normal graphic novel size collection of a thing called killer smile where one of his friends gets kidnapped by 
like a, a serial killer. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are my three. Yeah, it's a really beautiful story. There was another comic that came out at the same time that always reminds me of it called Rust about a man who turns into metal and he sort of deals. It's a sort of had sort of similar things, I think, by now comics, right. which is quite an interesting idea, not in any way successful, but yeah, it's beautifully drawn as well. The, the, it's all black and white. Well, Dark Horse Present stuff was black and white. Does it get color later? I can't remember. Yeah, so think like a mountain's in color, right? And then the collection of Killer Smile is in color, but the rest of it's in black and white. Oh, cool. Lovely. Yeah, yeah really good. Nice one. Nice. Dan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I've I've got a couple. Uh, the first one, I think you guys might have this already, is uh, Enough Nonsense. Yeah, uh, I was going to do this as a shout-out until you said you were going to wreck Friday it. Friday yeah. Comics. Yeah, I got, got this one sent through. And it's it's a, I love this when it turns up. Like, I kind of, oh, what's this? And I, or, uh, sort of, I can't remember ordering another comic. I'm not sure what's turning up. So when this popped up, uh, it's great. Not everything hits for me, but like a kind of a, a, a bunch of stories some of it really speaks to me and some of it is like okay yeah i get that but it's not speaking to me directly they're, they're like kind of like shower thought comics do you think that's fair yeah that's a good like, challenge yeah they're, they're, they're like thoughts or kind of uh whatever word can i use for thoughts <laughs> sort of things you consider or things that pop up in your head as as you kind of go through the day or the week like and, a stream uh, of consciousness that's it yes so much better put them than than i could sometimes there's funny little moments mm. and uh, uh david's got a, a host of uh, artistic friends and uh supporters to help him bring those to life i mean he has drawn some himself but uh, there's a number of artists in there some of them yeah like uh, mike's in it and mike Sarkis in there yeah yeah mike Sarkis. yeah i think I, I really enjoy his one that's a really yeah. good one uh that's a great one the do you believe in god in in god which uh i never get torn never get pulled into that argument ever (laughs) (laughs) and uh another one i backed on kickstarter from uh the slack is uh, now that's what i call turning tricks pinup special oh yeah Uh, mike i got this this as well he's a filthy boy isn't he yeah that's rather saucy uh uh, well to be fair if you look at the, the the kickstarter page that's essentially what it promises and it delivers what it promises that's a lot of uh, nudity and sexual situations and and for us chaps in november that's uh not great to sort of try to <laughs> come on we've been winding this each other up about that no no not november haven't we <laughs> yeah uh, um, i don't even know november. what it means <laughs> yeah. it's very childish well, you're not allowed... it's what it is you're not i was about nuts because any... i had those nuts yeah. that are covered in seaweed the other day and i, 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 I think i ruined it yeah i yeah i i just love nuts because uh, I've, I've sort of bought some uh, a, a cake today in Lidl and I said to the woman has this got any nuts in it and she went no why do you ask and I went well no nut November <laughs> the manager escorted me out of the premises <laughs> <laughs> Dan have you heard of these these what these nuts uh, right okay there we go uh... Uh, I was getting a new pair of trainers because my one squeaked as I walk along and because why are we the, going with this listen this it's a good good segue uh you can because i'm paying full price for them for some reason it says you can add like your initials on it so obviously i put d's <laughs> <laughs> so all the time now i'm going to be like putting my jeans up he said look at that now what d's <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, gotcha. a very, we're a very uh we're a very grown-up <laughs> show yeah. On, the awesome on that bomb shot, I've got to slide away early. All right, mate. 
So, Gareth, soon. Thanks, I, 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 would, I, w- I would say I'd put in a comedy effect of Dan getting in a car and uh, yeah. driving away. But Hello, the Simpsons fan for Don't so. forget it's November, so no nothing. No nothing. No nothing, nothing. Oh, God. <laughs> As, as, yeah. Yeah, as, as Dan leaves and uh, all you lovely listeners are no doubt waving to him through your iPods uh, iPods iPods a thing now uh, anyway um, we have yet more recommendations and Tony okay, my next one so Croc aka Comics Rule OK issue one I got this after Rob Hardingham mentioned it on give us a tip on the slack I know a couple nice. of us bought it magazine size 50 pages feels like an OG fanzine like speakeasy or something like that actually mm. um um it's really good it's only 5.99 which which is great in the world of small press <laughs> fucking amazing in the world of small press to be fair um it self-described itself on the cover as british comics from the 1960s to the 1980s um and hopefully it's the first issue in a, in a run actually because i really did enjoy it um it's available print on demand at the moment i realized that i knew who this dude was because he's been a guest bloke who produces he's been a guest on um mega city because he also does a book called battling britons which is a book um a series of books about british war comics have any of you heard of it i've heard of it yeah hmm. yeah really good like really good quality um contributors include james bacon jim o'brien bill cunningham um J- justin marriott who i think is the guy who makes it and richard the don sheaf um there's a, there's a nice little piece on down the tubes um where they talk with just justin marriott about he rediscovered the love of the medium during lockdown so I think a lot of people did, didn't they? Yeah. I know there's a lot of comics bought in this house. and so I got in the shit. But um, <laughs> there's some great stuff in here. Um, and a lot of it is about British. There's no type of comic in this world that is more forgotten than British weekly comics, I'm going to say. We seem to sort of, there seems to be nostalgia everywhere for American comics, you know, little niche publishers, you know, manga, Bond SNA, but everyone's forgotten the poor old British weekly in there and all the great yeah. stuff that went on in there. Yeah. Um, some some of the sort of just briefly some of the highlights. Um, there's a piece on the Black Archer from Tiger from 1966 to 1967, which looks great, and I've never read. Well, I've got some Tiger annuals in the garage. Remember my great annual exhibition? Yeah. Um, a piece on David Lloyd's covers and art from um, Dark Horizons, which was the newsletter for the British Fantasy Society, which looked gorgeous. Um, there's a piece on Carlos Esquire's art from Solomon Gaunt. Um, which was in Wizard Comic in the 1970s. In, that, in fact, it was two years before 2000 AD. It ran for 74 to 76. There's a piece on Kids Are All Okay from Action, um, you know, the one that got it banned. Um, there's um, an interesting mystery solved for an early Dread story and possible links to some homoerotic art, <laughs> believe it or not. Dread's not homoerotic, is he? Head to foot in leather, as he is. Uh, no, no, I mean, no, I'm sure of course not. Not, not, not someone being, imagining it. Not, yeah. not a, a dominating sort of presence, dressed all in leather. It's not, is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm looking at him all differently now. Um, <laughs> there's a great chat with Deskin about the origins of Night Raven, and an interview also with Steve Parkhouse, another dude who is absolutely part of you know the furniture in British comics. Mm. He's doing Resident Alien now, just brilliantly one of my favorite series of the year is resident alien and we, we don't seem to talk about him enough when you look at like the bo jeffrey saga and all that sort of thing as well just amazing stuff um there's an interesting piece on football hooliganism in comics um and it ties it in with new english library novels which was certainly a thing when i was a kid um any of you guys read the new english no. library no. they did like books on skinheads and 
um biker gangs and they did sci-fi and horror and it was real the real sort of trash novels of its time but as with a lot of trash novels they really sold and it ties in the way that football hooliganism did turn up in british comics quite a lot um there's a piece on slaves of war uh, i think slaves of war at orphan farm which is a, another story that mega city did mega city book club did recently which is, is really interesting and they're on a place and this is pre this person becoming prime minister they're on thatcher's farm it's quite an interesting piece um you get yeah so the only thing with it i would say is it had me going to ebay to buy a load of comics that's the thing you've got to be prepared to do if you if you read this thing <laughs> um, you're gonna open your wallet um look for comics rule okay or croc c-r-o-k croc or justin marriott on amazon you'll find a copy very reasonable came the following day print on demand's amazing isn't it? they seem to print it and post it quicker than they can just post things sometimes um but yeah absolutely thoroughly recommended really good stuff there you go that's my first one guys nice uh my one my issue one for this week is one and i i'll say straight up i'm not going to mention a, a couple of other titles but i bought a few issue ones this week oh and uh two of them didn't really do do it for me I'll, I'll, oh. tell, I'll, I'll tell you tell guys off air. I did read, however, I once again, if I like an issue one, I'm going to read an issue two. Issue two of The Midnight Show from Dark Horse Comics came out. That that classic, I know Halloween's done, but, you know, a town being overtaken by monsters from movies like Dracula and Frankenstein and all of that. Um, that was brilliant and properly sort of great horror comics. So keep reading that if you want. I, that's just a quick recommend. Um, and that rattles along at a pace, but I uh, picked up a title. I thought I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. A, I'm gonna re- read an actual established character, an issue one of an established character. Um, but I'm gonna read them like not one of the main publishers, but you know, I'm gonna try something a bit different. A character I'm not really, I don't know too much about, but has a long history in comics. So therefore. Is this issue one accessible to me, and can I enjoy it? Let this be the rabbit. Let this be the rabbit. Let this be the rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) This is from Dynamite Comics. What character do you think it is? Mm, It's Vampirella, isn't it? No. It's Red Sonia. Gareth. From Dynamite? uh, Have they got the shadow at the moment? No. Did they ever have the shadow? They have done, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Sorry, uh, but Tony's second guess was correct. This is Savage. Oh, Red... he, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Tony, he had a second guess, and then you sort of moved on. I, mo- I moved on. My next guess. Okay, <laughs> go on. What, what's your guess, Gareth? No, it's going to be Red Sonia. Oh, it's, it's, it's Gareth is. Correct. Oh, you, Gareth it's, it's wins. Red, All right, you win. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> this is Savage Red Sonia number one. Uh, written by Dan Panosian, who does the cover yes. um, for ish- issue one, and he's a badass artist in his own right because that cover's amazing. Um, the artist for this, however, is Alessio Patillo. Colorist is Fran Francesco Sigala. Letterer is Dave Sharp, and of course you've got the the Dynamite editorial team, etc. Um, and there's a gallery in the back with all the covers because they like doing a variant. Uh, <laughs> I. I also didn't know it's Red Sonja's fiftieth anniversary this year. Yeah, you probably know that, Tony. You must know only that. of her comics. I, I I presume so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, her story is like, yeah. Very well, cool. she was a completely different character in the books, wasn't she? Yeah, she was just yeah. re- reimagined. Yeah. yeah. 
So obviously, I knew tangentially of this character. I've, I'm I'm certain I've read her in comics before somewhere, but you know, this is the the classic sort of the the ultimate female barbarian version. It's like the female Conan kind of story. If you're gonna if you're gonna cut it down to its very basics, isn't it? Um, and the synopsis for this is: prepare yourself for the savagery that can. That can only be that the only Red Sonia can deliver in this brand new series that harkens back to the classic era of Robert E. Howard's original pulp tales of swords and sorcery. Tasked with retrieving a long hidden gem from a crumble, crumbled ancient kingdom, the she devil with a sword is travelling alone through a dangerous wasteland when fate interv- intervenes and her solo adventure is sidetracked by a wayward prince and his bride as they try desperately to escape from fierce and de- desert bandits, only to be attacked by a monstrous beast from beneath the sands. Bloody Oh, that's a long synopsis, and it gives away most of the issue. Yeah, that's um, it, isn't it. Yeah, it's not. They're never very complicated. Red Sonia stories, are they? Let's no, face it. I think no. we've done all right there. Yeah, but this is cracking. I mean, the first thing Good. sometimes sometimes we we say about these books: great cover. Sometimes it's let down by the interiors. Well, they're, they're said often about dynamite, I believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this one, this one's killer. In fact, like there is a very European feel um, to the artwork nice. of, of, of this. Um, beautifully told and. That sort of pulpy ne- nature is certainly within the narration. It's telling the story much like the books used to. Um, and at first, I was a bit concerned that it was it was telling the story as if I should know Red Sonia, which I presume a lot of people who are probably going to buy this comic already know the character. But I was looking for someone who doesn't know it. Does it still deliver that that sort of bang for the buck? I mean, honestly, I dropped Red Sonia um, from my poor list about a year ago because yeah. there were there was like four issues a month. One point. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. there was a lot of them in there. Um, yeah. I think you should, I think you should pick this one up, Tony. I, I think this okay. is a, this is a this is a good, like nice pulpy series as well. It is yeah. very much. It picks up with her in a tavern being told about this this blood uh, this blood ruby. Oh, we, oh, that's all we. There's never going to be any classic. Thing. Never going to be any danger, is there? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that apparently is guarded by the ghost of King Gresh. Um, but Red Sonia doesn't believe in ghosts. And uh, so, but so she's just heading off to to find out what this is, and this is Devil in the Sand is the name of the um, the story. And at, at the beginning, it kind of talks about Red Sonia as if you know her, and I thought, oh, this is a bit dangerous. But then by issue uh, by page three, it's kind of telling you the things that you need yeah, to know. It's not a massive backstory. Yeah, you know the the classic. She. Um, she will uh, lie with no man that cannot best her in combat. Um, and as, as it says in the book... Seems a, right, rather arbitrary, that, doesn't yeah, it? Such yeah, an I mean. oath lends itself to a solitary life. So it there is um, very much talking about how lonely Red Sonia is in these journeys as she goes until she comes across these people. And, she could lower her a bit then. Huh? Yeah. 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 Maybe, yeah, just, yeah. maybe <laughs> just arm wrestling or something yeah, like that, you know, instead yeah. of full full battle. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, she made a, she made a promise, and as the book says, um, in return for such a promise, she was bestowed with an extraordinary mastery of all sharp-edged weapons wielded by the we- warriors of Hyboria. Um, so that's a bit of a kicker, isn't it? So it's like, right, you you can't be with anyone unless they beat you in combat. By the way, you're the best in the world at combat. By the way, even um, if they do, you're likely to have stabbed them quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. them getting a boner isn't going to happen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, it, it like you say, Terry, it, 
you just need to know with these sort of especially with pulpy characters you just need to be able to sum them up in a quick paragraph don't you and then just sort of like mm. let's see where the adventure goes that's what you want mate we've got we've got the paragraph we've got we've got the artwork which is it's not the west wing is it let's face it <laughs> no you know exactly I mean? no exactly um and she's traveling through the desert trying to find find this place she comes across these these people who are on the run from these bandits as it said in the synopsis but they they do have ties to this um treasure that she's trying to find cue action and heads are, heads are do indeed roll people are skewered and that's even before a giant like beast like a desert beast like bursts up it's like a an octopus squid from beneath the sand it's i tell you what it really I, it's just absolutely sung this this book i was really really surprised so much so that like it it tells you know the action's pretty succinct um the the book's so well put together and by the end of the issue and they can see the keep just in the distance you think oh so it's the classic sort of pulpy cliffhanger i do get a sense and it of course this is probably going to play out because you can telegraph these things that the people that she's bumped into they may there's there's more to them than meets the eye i.e there's never a character in a red sonia or a conan book that doesn't play a part in it because yeah. otherwise they're just gonna get slaughtered yeah they're just people yeah. in the background you yeah. know yeah and i get the sense of like they are not to be trusted there's just something about it it's like mm. that chafes as well that bikini didn't it i suppose yeah yeah and uh you know and th- this book obviously I don't say that from experience <laughs> anyone oh i know, do <laughs> anyone who knows red sonia knows that she certainly has that classic sort of pulpy look she's got a chainmail bikini and this is this book actually stays true to that design as well so yeah, yeah it does a lot of that it's, it's let's, just, let's face it with dynamite that's a big part of the sales yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so I, i'm gonna keep going with this savage savage red sonia because I, I you know certainly with this arc anyway you like a bit of sword and sorcery so, and all yeah, that it's exactly. Road, isn't it? no, yeah, it's, yeah. exactly and it's just handled quite well and and sword and sorcery but in a desert as well that's it's a nice sort of um setting for this sort of tale there is of course loads of variant covers of which there's they, they can't put her in the snow that can they because you've got to cover up no, well, they have put her in the snow before, haven't they? I know, she has to wear a cloak. They don't like that. The readers, no. the Red Sonia, generally. <laughs> <laughs> but all that, you know, the, the TNA and all of that aside, you know, the this is not film, a big TNA series. No, no, no. I'm joking when I say yeah. that. I mean, those yeah. days are gone. I think. I mean, this, the, the, yeah, the, the, the covers certainly are. Sometimes the covers certainly go for that. Oh, there's a cosplay cover for that, man. I guarantee uh, it. Yeah, and I, I certainly think that sometimes a book like this can be overlooked. This sort of story that's being told here that I was enjoying could be overlooked because people think the story is a certain way i mean it, jimmy pamiotti and um, amanda connor did the previous series and it was really good yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think i need, I need to go go panosian's a beast it. man we yeah. love panosian's work yeah yeah mm. yeah and he knows how to write these characters as well really yeah. it really captures the tone of it so savage red sonia um from dynamite i don't think i've i've, I've picked a dynamite book i know you've talked about some dynamite books quite a few times in the yeah past, I, I'm, I'm a fan of their, their their stuff actually i like the fact they just tell good adventure stories yeah 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 so i thought interesting uh challenge and it it does exactly what it had to do on the tin for a title that maybe would have rested on its laurels with a character number one because sometimes they don't do that don't they you you have to think about it this could be someone's first ever red sonia comic so you need to you've got you've both got to preach to the converted and introduce someone at the same time that's the old stanley yeah. theory in it yeah. every yeah. every comic etc yeah. Yeah. yeah so this is great high recommendation for me cool 
Uh, uh, last one for me. Yep. Yeah, is my last one is two times. So two, just think of this as the number two and an X. This is from Dark and Golden Books. Uh, in fact, it's their fifth release. Six pounds. Um, good value. Again, today's been a day of value. Uh, black and white. Um, got dropped off to me by a man we recently mentioned, Douglas Noble, um, just yesterday. What it is, is it's a representation of two stories from Pete Milligan and Brett Ewan's two creators I'm massive fans of um, that have long been out of print. Rooney's Lay um, is a is a, a from Magnetic Fields Two, and it's actually from scans of the comic that um, our buddy Simon Russell sent in. That's cool. I was reading it, didn't know that Simon had any nice. connections to this at all. I went, oh, Simon's name is this. And then the second one is in the Penal Colony that was scanned in from the original art um, by Rufus Daglow, who I'm immediately very jealous of. Um, each story has an introduction from Milligan, um, and is. Looking back on his friendship and respect for Ewins, who um, I think we lost in, it's, it's like five or six years ago, I think, at this point. Yeah, it's a while ago now. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how he feels about it now, because when you, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about looking back on your old your old work and stuff. There's an interview with Pete in the back um, about his working relationship and and deep friendship with Brett. Uh, yeah, eight and a half years ago, it looks like at the time, time-wise, we lost him. Um, we read a lot of comics, don't we? And I think... I, I'm very guilty of this. I guess you guys maybe are as well. Is rushing through action. Mm-hmm. You know, we we yeah, occasionally yeah. rush through a comic, don't we? And and occasionally I'm reminded um, about how good a lot of these people are, how good they are at their craft. And occasionally a page will, will just stop you in your in your race. And you and it, that happened with this. I absolutely gobsmacked about how good um, how good some of the pages in this were, especially in the Penal Connolly story. The, um, it's a cliche, isn't it, for us now? But what we do is, I seem to, all we do in our little WhatsApp group is every day we'll take a picture of some comic we're reading, we'll send the artwork to each other and go, fucking look at this, you know. But I did that in the Slack and I did that to you guys. And there's a page called the, I'm going to call it the apparatus page. It's just amazing. How, how can a human being put a pen on a bit of paper and create something so perfect? It's just, you know, it reminds you of how much you love the medium sometimes when you see stuff like that. We need it reminding, don't we, sometimes? We're a bit jaded, as we were earlier in the episode. Um, so In the Penal Connolly is actually the second story, and it's probably my favourite of the two. Um, it's both a an adaption and also a reaction to Kafka's short story by the same name. Um, and it's like Kafka's story told by a detached narrator, but goes, examines, examines. So examines the narration almost and what's going on in the page and witnesses. It's about a, a, a man who arrives, an explorer. He arrives in a small town to witness the execution apparatus in work on um, the condemned man. In Kafka's story, they were named by their roles. They weren't named as people. They're, they're, they're actual Christian names when they were full names or anything. One is called the condemned man. But something happens. For those who've read the short story, they'll know what happens. Um, and there's there's a twist. And it it's full of interesting parallels to real life as with you know stuff like the trial and stuff like metamorphosis and all this sort of thing about um human nature and, and a ridiculous pride of this person is it is absolutely amazing and it's there's not a mistake in a line on the page it, it does remind you how great brett was i mean i think probably his 2000 ad stuff was where i you know really noticed him back in the day but this is amazing the other story is called rooney's lay um and um, Milligan talks about in his introduction how it sprung from the, a mutual interest they had for Philip K. Dick, but also done with more of a punk fuck you kind of aesthetic to it. 
Um, a brothel inspector, that's not a bad job, is it? A brothel inspector arrives on an alien planet and makes his way to Grut Town, where he gets more than he expected in what happens there. And Milligan talks about how it's about desire and prejudice. Um, which it really interestingly, it the, the artwork is slightly different in this. It almost feels like, and I believe it is earlier Ewins, less sharply defined as, uh, uh, and not as as Ewan-esque, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. as we see elsewhere, more more straightforward and square jawed. I'd put him in in on the spectrum of artists, you know, slightly nearer. Um, Steve Dillon, perhaps. I know they were friends and collaborators as well. I think they worked together on Screamer, which is um, a, a book that Milligan talks about in the, the big interview at the back. But all of it, really interesting. I absolutely loved it. You can find these these and other books. I think I talked about a previous book at darkandgolden.bigcartel.com. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at dark underscore and underscore golden on Twitter and Instagram. They use the same name. Um, go and look them up. Yeah, really interesting They've done some stuff with Kevin O'Neill. They, they, I think they're continuing to put stuff out that we just haven't seen for years, and you, you'd even yeah. have trouble finding in the back issue. Is that right, Gareth? Yeah, I know you're so mates with Douglas, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so they did one with uh, Simon Harrison. They put out some work that he did called Shaken Dude, which is in like CBG magazine. Oh, okay. Um, uh, and yeah, I've, I've, I've seen some of the other stuff that they got coming up, uh, and it's oh, really, nice. really special. So good yeah, stuff. Nice. And they'll be at Thor Bubble as well. They're in Distory Hall. Oh, cool! Nice, nice. And what a special me, episode! Cakes. Is, what what a special episode it's been. Since Gareth here, yeah. it's always special talking to you, Gareth. And yep. uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode as always. And if there's anything you want us to talk about, if there's any comics initiatives, comics events. Heck, just comics in general that you want us to know about, then you can get in touch with us in several different ways. You can email us, awesomecomicspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on social media at the awesome pod. Um, our Instagram might get a, a bit more active soon as we uh, yeah. switch over to there. I think that's called something else, actually. I kept thinking <laughs> at the awesome pod was everything, but it's not. So be prepared for a lot of Instagram shilling. Uh, over the next few weeks but we'll make sure that it's actually like decent posts not just a load of tat um <laughs> thank you for listening i think to we're going to start with the recommends as well aren't we yeah. we'll do a bit of that yeah. yeah 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 and uh certainly if you've listened to the show keep the conversation going um on the slack group if you want to be part of it and that wonderful community just get in touch with us and join us there's, there's all kinds of uh, channels and discussions if you want to find out more about like how to make comics yourself or if you just want to talk about art or just just ranting in general or continue this conversation that we've started this week there is something for everyone and it's a yeah hopefully people do talk about that bit we, we yeah. talked about with gareth earlier i think that i'll yeah. be really interested to hear what people's thoughts yeah. are on that yeah. yeah. Also, let's not forget to mention ACP Recommends, yes. which is a website run by our buddy Craig Shields. Thanks, Craig, again. Yes. Uh, yes. And on it, you'll find um, our recommends every week. Yes. And and links to go and find them, which is brilliant. Yeah. So you can see all the covers. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And uh, you're amazing for listening to this episode, wherever you. you listen to it. Not you. You're you're on it, Tony. It doesn't count. Oh yeah. Um, you've just been listening to us all for the past hour and a half but if you are home and we're listening to this or wherever you are thank you for listening to us whether it's on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave a review say something nice about the show it just helps get the word out to the 
to the masses and people discover some more indie books as well as listen to us rant about the mainstream stuff occasionally uh, <laughs> and there's obviously we're on other networks like spotify amazon stitcher podnose podknife what are the networks are we on tony we're on pod cornelius Bullbag, rimbob <laughs> and if you uh, can find if you can tell me where that's come from I have a spare issue of Eerie, which we talked about all last month, to send you. So first person past the gate, you can tell me where Cornelius Ballbag Rimjob came from. Okay. Then uh, I'll send them a copy of Eerie. And uh, put it in the Slack podcast discussion channel. There you go. You've got to put it in there. Put it, yeah. First person to put it in there wins that. There you go. There you go. And uh, <laughs> But speaking of wonder, wonderful people online, where can people find us online, etc.? Tony? Uh, never on anything.com. Wonderful. You can find Dan Butcher at Vanguard Comic and read his comic at VanguardComic.com. VanguardComic.com. Well done. Um, You can find me on social media at Jester Diablo, just ranting or just pitching my cats. And where can people find you, Gareth, and your wonderful work again? So um, uh, everywhere on the internet, I am Gerthink, which is G-R-T-H-I-N-K. Uh, my website is gerthink.com my patreon is patreon.com forward slash gerthink yes definitely check it out thank you again for joining us Gareth and we hope you have a brilliant time at Thought Bubble yeah have fun man send photographs yeah yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) just 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 random things yeah (laughs) yeah Here's a bag for breakfast here's a bag of crisps here's some twiglets (laughs) it's a really nice bin (laughs) Oh dear! But enough of this rubbish. See what I did. There. <laughs> nice. Thanks. You're good at that, Vince. You are. Is thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Skilled. Uh, thank you all for listening to this week's show. Join us next week for more uh, comics chat, and from uh, dearly departed Dan, dead. Tony, Gareth, and myself. He's off. Did you say he's gone off to nut? Yeah. <laughs> you not see the WhatsApp? That's what you said. I'm nutting now. No, no. I. Do, do you know what? Because I, I try to be professional when... I, no, I'm not going to... You didn't I'm see that because I made it up. Yeah, no. um, but, damn, I'm ever so sorry for the how we've bad-mouthed and um, <laughs> besmirched You'd your be good name. you expecting it, yeah. So, uh, from all of us here at NACP Towers, have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics, make loads of comics. Have a wonderful time at Thought Bubble if you're going or if you're exhibiting. We hope you sell out of everything and just have a brilliant time, even if it's just in those darn toilets. And from yeah. <laughs> Dan, Tony, Gareth and myself... Read loads of comics, make loads of comics. And uh, what else should they do, guys? Stay awesome. Stay awesome. Ugh, what was that question? It was a simple. Yeah. <laughs> like I anticipate every part of the show apart from that one. Yeah. <laughs> he, ma- he makes you do it. He makes yeah. you do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a question. And also, the-, the last time I did it, I did it exactly right. And everyone's like, boo, you're rubbish. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't- <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? Anyone? Listen? You would think. Me? Oh. Don't so the tide has turned. Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. It's because I did it wrong because I thought the joke was to do it wrong. I hadn't realised that Tony and Dan just couldn't get it right. So, <laughs> um, and yet, yet you still want to throw me on the bus. We both get it right, just at different yeah. times. So cherish these moments, listeners, because it's the last time you're going to hear <laughs> Gareth Hopkins on this show. That's not true. Only, only joking. Only joking. See you next week, Gareth. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.